Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Hey. Hey, Mike, how are you? I'm pretty good. How are you? Awesome. Merry Christmas, by the way. Sorry, what was that? I just said Merry Christmas, by the way. Oh, yeah, Merry Christmas to you, too. Let me just call in my uh, my wife here to see if I can three three her in. Hello. Okay. You still there, Mike? Yep. Oh yeah, perfect. Hi. How's it going? Uh good. How are you? I'm pretty good. Anything new in your? Uh... Besides uh, helping Shay and all that? No, I've been um, almost all day and all night researching all kinds of foreclosure and bankruptcy crap and trying to figure out all the note stuff and everything else that goes all with that. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, I'm even surprised. I can't believe all the fraud and corruption in this case. It's ridiculous. Is it as bad as family court? <laughs> uh, I don't know, kind of the same but different. <laughs> yeah. As bad, I guess, but different ways. But yeah, it's pretty brutal. Yeah, it seems like it's all kangaroo courts unless you get to, uh, um, you know, uh, like a court against man against man, like a, like everything else administrative seems to be all kangaroo, right? Yeah, I've also, uh, like, I watched a bunch of YouTube videos. They're usually kind of boring, but, uh, like, foreclosure appeals at the Supreme Court, where it's, like, three three judges or whatever, and the two lawyers just kind of peek off back and forth and say why the trial is not fair. But uh, it's just funny watching these judges talk back and forth and the bank saying, well, we don't actually have the note. It could be lost or destroyed, and technically somebody could come back after them and find the note, but you can't just let them have their house for free. And the judge is looking at it going, yeah, well, why should your client get the house for free? And nobody says, what do you mean? So you guys are thinking you can you can rule contrary to... You guys are just going to ignore the law? Is that it? 
Like, I don't understand why lawyers aren't calling them out. They're saying, okay, well, yeah, they actually did it illegally, but you, what, you just want your house for free because they did something illegal? Well, you could you could say I, I I did pay off the house and I did get the original note. That's why there is no note, you know. Like you, like they have to prove that you did not pay the house by having the note. Yeah, but I just think it's funny that the judge is actually going to skip right over it. Like it's right. going to be blatantly mentioned, and the judge is going to skip over the fact that they did something illegal just to say, well, you don't get your house for free. That's not fair. Yeah. Well, actually, that's the law, but. You just admitted to doing something illegally, and you just ignored that. Yeah. And there's supposed so to be. So uh, that's if I'm paying, or if I agree to pay something that I may not own or may not owe. Yeah, that's weird, eh? It's uh, yeah. The whole system is on a. It's it's like a, a house of cards, right? Yeah. It just. And then even when you point out that the cards are are faulty, they just keep moving along. Yeah. So the uh, with Shay, it seemed like they had promised to pay the whole thing, and then they only paid ninety percent, so she wasn't able to complete the project. Therefore, she's not able to sell an incomplete house type of thing, right? I mean, it's not the basic. It would. No. Basically, she got a loan. Yeah. And I don't know if they did some kind of fancy trickery with the words, but they actually say it's an unsecured construction line of credit. Right. And and that's so, to build the house. Yes. Yeah. But then the original lender knew that they were going bankrupt, bankrupt so they told her, screw you, we're not giving you the rest of the money, we're closing up shop soon. Right. So that was right away. That was a breach. Everything was void. She owes nothing. Right. Yeah. Because cause, cause they didn't complete the contract. Like they didn't complete the yeah. side of their contract. Yeah. Once yeah. once the other side breaches a contract, absolutely, yeah. you're not obligated to follow through with your end of the contract anymore. It's void. Right. Now you got a contract dispute, and this is settle in private or go to court. Yeah. So right away, there was no more loan. Like, she had grounds to sue, if anything, Mm -hmm. but they had no right to come after her. Then a year later, after the company went bankrupt, a year later, the president of the bankrupt corporation signed over the note to a bank. Oh, okay. So that's completely illegal and unlawful. And... I don't even know exactly what he signed over, but you got to sign over the note, you got to sign over the deed, you got to sign over the rights to collect future payments, and you got to release all interest in the note. And it, you actually have to physically change over possession of both the note and the deed. Yeah, the original, and, yeah. yeah. And it has to be properly endorsed just like a check, sign it over, pay to the order of. Mm-hmm. And it has to be publicly recorded. The county recorder or the land registry office, it has to be publicly recorded. Oh, okay. And they probably so, didn't do a public recording. Yeah, so right away it's breached, void number one. 
then it was fraud, breach number two, so the thing's void. Plus, if he sold it... You're just selling then, something that has no value type of thing. Or, no, not only that, but he, if he sold it, he's been paid. Right. <laughs> so now, the alleged new bank, who claims to be the new owner of the note, would then have to beg her to sign a lease. Mm-hmm. Which is funny because way back in the day, she said, well, okay, well, let's just modify the loan then. And they and then they mailed her a, a lease to sign. She's like, I don't know what you're talking about, a lease. They, let's just modify the loan. And again, they sent her a lease to get her to sign a lease. They just wanted new original documentation. Oh, okay. But she didn't sign it. So... Somewhere automatically, she just noticed I've been chasing my tail forever, like trying to figure this shit out. Finally, the other day, she just noticed MERS is mentioned somewhere, which is a whole new kettle of fish. But I think they're treating an unsecured loan as a mortgage. Well, if, so it, if it's unsecured, there's, there's no security. I mean, if it's unsecured, then you can't go back after the person. You, you know, if there's collateral, you can you can get the collateral. If it's unsecured, you're and, you're whooped. Well, what it is, yeah. If they own the note only, yeah. they can collect on the note, meaning they can harass her for money and take her into court and order her to pay. Yeah. And that would require getting a judgment or a lien. Yeah. But they don't have a judgment or a lien. They don't even have a foreclosure case. She filed bankruptcy, and they're attacking us through bankruptcy. She withdrew her bankruptcy, and they're still coming after her like a bankruptcy case exists. Bankruptcy is voluntary. Yeah. She said, "She said, screw you guys. You guys aren't playing fair. You're not even following your own rules. I'm done. Hmm. And they're still pretending there's a case. Like, I'm a trustee just taking her shit. Yeah. Like, they're alleging that... They're alleging that somehow the house is secured to the debt, is security for the debt. And somehow, with no documentation, this trustee, he just somehow claims that he's in charge of the entire estate, whatever that is. And when he got the U.S. Marshals to kick her out, Mm -hmm. right in front of the U.S. Marshals, this trustee was in their house just seen a pile of gold and stole it. There was like uh, $2,000 in cash. He just stole it and said, oh, this is property of the state. This is mine. And pocketed it and walked out. Holy man. Like, okay, it's not true, but you're alleging the house is connected to the loan. Yeah. Now all of a sudden the silver and the cash and everything, oh, nice TV, I'm taking that for my daughter? Like, what? That's corrupting. Jesus. Yeah, on top of the fact that they just, no explanation, no paperwork, they just somehow converted her Chapter 11 to a Chapter 7, then stick the trustee on her, that just stole her shit. His job as a trustee, his main job was to verify who the debt is owned by Mm -hmm. and verify the amount of the debt and then take her money and give it to them. Yeah. He just took, she gave him 90 grand and said, when you find out who I owe, 
and how much I owe, give him 90 grand to start paying it off. Yeah. And he just took the money and said, thanks, you owe me in fees. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so the 90 grand is gone. The yeah. third party didn't get paid, and, and him, he's claiming that's his fees. Yeah, that's part of his fees. Yeah, part, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so she's out. Yeah. I, don't, I don't even know what this means, but apparently there's an order. All the orders are unsigned, by the way. There's not one single order signed. But somehow, I don't know, it was worded retarded, but it appears that she is also ordered to pay the trustee $75,000 on behalf of the estate, whatever that means. Holy man. So I guess it would be a good job to have to become a trustee because you can just, like, steal, legally steal from people or, you know, give fees and stuff. But see, this is another funny thing is the bank somehow is the only one that gets to pick the trustee, but oh. the trustee is supposed to be protecting her. Yeah, it's a third-party independent guy. So since so the bank hires him, but she has to pay him. Oh, the, bank okay. picks, the bank picks. She doesn't pick. And whether he does any good or not, she has to pay him his fees. But if he loses, steals her property, and has to sell it, he gets a commission off selling the property. On top of the fees. Yeah. So he's getting a commission if she loses the property, and he's getting peanuts if he helps her. Yeah. Like, what kind of stacked system is that? And then for him to get hired for the next time for the bank, the if if he if he loses... The bank wins, so he'll he'll get another job. You know, like the future employments from the bank. Yeah. You know, so if he sucks at his job, <laughs> in a sense, he'll get rehired by the bank and he'll get more commission. Yeah. So, so he has incentive to to not you know to not play fair. But he's a big shot. I guess he got up to his own law firm, a big law firm, and then he ended up quitting that law firm to join somebody else's law firm, going up the chain or whatever. He's been at this forever. I guess he's constantly in court fighting against judges about the commission that they're allowed to make when they're flipping property, stealing properties and selling them. Oh my God. And uh, this is, this is friggin' hilarious, but like maybe almost exactly one year ago today, the governor of Virginia Mm-hmm. Got two years in prison for corruption and taking gifts. <laughs> oh, okay. So yeah, there's a real lively crew down there in Virginia. And and she is from Virginia. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. So, so her case her case has been going on for years. Yeah. And we've been robbing her blind and doing all kinds of fraud and corruption on the court. And. A year ago, the yeah. governor went to, got, got sentenced two years in prison for corruption and taking gifts, yeah. which could very well easily be Her taking, gift. yeah, corruption in federal bankruptcy court and taking gifts from judges and trustees. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, <laughs> what a hilarious story! Oh man. So, in, yeah, in the end, you gotta. So in the end, you'll have to put a claim against these uh, wrongdoers. 
But she goes into bankruptcy court. They have to do the public notice to all the potential creditors or whatever. And there's like six banks came attacking her in court. Oh, I, I own the debt. No, I own the debt. No, I own the debt. Uh-huh. And there's only one left, and they can't, they can't prove the debt either. But they will not stop. Weird. So just the fact that so many creditors came forward shows that there's a, it's very clouded on who may or may not own the note. So the note right. might have been sold more than once. Oh, it's been sold hundreds of times already, guaranteed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But any judge that was acting fairly would order the other side to do a forensic securitization on it. Yeah. Some kind of, some kind of professional loan audit to see where it's gone. Yeah, like follow follow the note and see how many times it changed hands and, and who paid what and or whatever, right? Yeah, but a proper audit would be checking the notaries because he's writing a document in his office on behalf of another lawyer in his office who's acting as the attorney and it's being notarized by somebody else in the office. It's just ridiculous how much shit they pull. So that's the same thing with Carly did. She she uh, she notarized. Was it notarized or whatever the uh, the affidavit of the coworker? Yeah, or commissioned or what? or commission, whatever. Yeah, it was commission, right? The, I'm not saying it's as bad as fraudulent as what you're explaining, but it's it's similar where you know you know your coworker says, oh, I have an affidavit. Okay, I'll uh, I'll verify that or whatever, right? Or I'll swear to it. It's kind of yeah. Yeah, it's like John is the one making the accusation, and Mary is the witness, and John's notarizing Mary's documents, and Mary's notarizing John's documents. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I feel comfortable at night knowing that people work like that. Oh, man. So did you uh, did you get a chance to read the the two letters of Carly and the two letters from the uh, deputy superintendent? Margot. No. Oh, you didn't get you, you didn't read those? No, I haven't been doing anything except talking to Shay, writing stuff, researching, and taking notes. Oh, okay, okay. I've been doing bankruptcy and foreclosure crap for like four days straight. <laughs> It's weird. It's stuff that I hate, or I'm uh, just kind of been stuck doing it like crazy. Yeah. But I guess the law behind it is still, like, the law behind it is still logical, and they're not following the law. I mean, they're not following logic, right? Like, yeah, they're like whether it's a kid or 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 or, uh, or a loan or whatever, there's still the same logic behind it, the same law behind it. Well, yeah, she spent. She spent like two years, I think, maybe more than two years in statutory court, and she was filing proper motions, and she was saying, like, look right here, Respa and Tilla both say the same thing. Like, they can't freaking do what they just admitted they did. The judge is like, oh, I don't care. And she's like, well, what about here, the UCC negotiable instruments? It clearly says right here they didn't do it. Uh, we don't care. Yeah. Like flat out on the record in open court, yeah, we don't care. We're federal bankruptcy court here. This is federal. We do what we want. Oh, I'm going to ignore that. <laughs> oh, okay. You're just going to ignore the law, really? Yep. 
Yeah, so why even have UCC or Euro's rules or whatever, right? Yeah. But the thing is, like if like if you're an employee and I'm an employee and you're doing something wrong and it's causing serious problems and I go up to you and I say, Look, here's like the policy or the Yeah, here's here's the actual rules from the big man himself. You're obviously breaking the rules. He's like, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you just you just changed company policy. This company's been here 300 years, and you're just changing the law. Yep, that's yeah. what I'm doing. I, I just do what I want here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's when the that's when the guy can get fired. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. Yeah, but uh, I, if I went through and looked, I guess in legalese it's probably called cause of action, but reasons to sue. Like, I could probably look through her entire file, all the documents, and probably come up with, like, more than 50 causes of action, like, yeah. reasons to do somebody. But it's just ridiculous when you look through this. So then, in a sense, you could find, like, the the biggest reason and sue for that. If she fails, she can go and, and pick the second biggest reason, right? Is that is that what you're, like, eventually she would do, or...? Well, what I've been trying to do is bring it to, like, I'm trying to get as much on the record as I can, as fast as I can, get them scared, get them to back down, but I'm putting stuff on the record. Right. But I, um... Like, what is the evidence of this, or or what evidence do you have that you can do this, or whatever? Yeah, just, just because it was such a hurry, I was trying to tie up all the loose ends and remind them of a few things and try and slam the brakes on fast if I could. Mm -hmm. But I, uh... I wrote up a notice saying uh, uh, something like, I have not been presented with the following documentation, and I do not believe any such documentation exists. I require the following documents or something. Mm-hmm. And then there was like 30 things, probably around 30 things in that one notice. I require this, I require this, show me the evidence of that, bring me the note, blah, blah, blah. Right. But everything in there was basically without saying it, it was basically I require a copy of this document because it shows you're a fraudster. Yeah, yeah. I, re- I require a copy of this document because that shows the corruption. I require this document because it shows the conspiracy between you and the other trustee. Like everything I was asking him, it was pretty much saying I require this and he's going, shit, I know why he's asking for that. And they probably know that she's getting help from somebody else because yeah. the, the notices or motions change now, right? Like before, before there were more legalese, now they're more, you know, yeah. what wrong or, or or explaining the wrong type of thing. Yeah, but what, right, right now what I'm trying to do is, is get her to get as many documents as she can right now, partly to just throw it in their face and try and get them to stop, but more so to build a whopper of a case in her in her court. Yeah. And it sounds a little crazy, but I'm almost thinking it. I'm not sure yet. I have to I have to do a lot of thinking about it still. But I came up with the crazy idea that I wonder if it'd be a good idea to just do a quick copy and paste job. 
and just put together a statutory lawsuit and get her to sue get her to sue them in statutory court for like fifty counts of fraud, corruption, breach, and all kinds of but all then, kinds of shit. But but then she'd have to go pro se type of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah she'd go pro se. But the thing with that is, at any time, you can she could. It. She could file a, a motion to dismiss, or she could just leave that one hanging, serve, and, and just, when her claim's done, hammer him with the claim. And I, I think that would theoretically trump her own complaint. It'd be like a Liz Pendence. This case is on hold because it's being heard in a, a, a similar case relating to this. is being heard in a higher court. But as a claim instead, yeah. So, so you start the complaint, and then you could you could get disclosure and get more information from them, in a sense, right? Well, that's another thing. She could file an appeal too, and then they'd be forced to bring all these documents forward too. All, all, all the fraudulent documents, in a sense. Uh, and for and, the yeah, if she was to appeal, she could only use stuff that's on the record. Oh. Like uh, an appeal means that um, yeah you're you're feeling the like whatever was there you you can't add nothing yeah you're not bringing any more evidence you're just saying that the trial was handled improperly either because of this or this or this right or or this piece of evidence was ignored or whatever for whatever reason yeah yeah, yeah but if if you say in the trial that I owe you five hundred bucks and I don't dispute the five hundred bucks. Then you're saying, you know, I can't say, well, here's here's my rebuttal. No, you didn't rebut it. So that's, you lost your chance. You should have objected. Yeah. That's another thing. You have to you have to be you have to have an objection on the record to a lot of the stuff too. Oh, okay. Because then you can say, well, he said this in court, and I objected. Why was my objection overruled? That was critical evidence. And right, and, 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 yeah, and if you argue the reason why it was objected, then you could you could win your appeal just on that reason. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but that would be something that was improperly done. You objected, they yeah. ignored it, and it was important. They shouldn't have ignored it. Yeah, yeah. So that would mean improper. They didn't follow due process of law. They they disallowed evidence. They refused to hear evidence that was crucial or whatever they call it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. So now you're not sure if you're going to do the appeal or sue them as that story. <laughs> well, I think she's got to do a claim anyways. <clears throat> like, I don't know what the claim will be for sure right at this moment, but it depends. Like, if they if they decide they want to settle at the last minute, then the claim's on hold see what happens. Mm-hmm. But even if she settles, she can find something to go back and sue for about something else that's not covered in the settlement. Yeah. Well, especially if you're saying, like, there's 50, 50 wrongs, you know. Even well, that's they, the thing. If, if, like, if, if, if they cover 20 of them, you could still sue them on, on the other 20 or whatever. Yeah, the, yeah, she could say something like, okay, well, I agree to settle this in private out of court, but you got to give me my house back. You got to give me my 90 grand back. You got to give me my gold and silver back. You got to do this. You got to do that. You got to blah, blah, blah. And then just say, if you can do all those things, I'll let you off for everything else. Right. 
Yeah, if, if she's made whole, in a sense, right? Mm-hmm. Like if she's brought back to what she should have been at, or whatever. Yeah, same thing in the Bible. Like if you steal my sheep and I call you out, you got to give me my sheep back. Yeah. And then I'm supposed to forgive you because you made good. Yeah. But if my neighbor sees me and I go up to you and say, you stole my sheep, give it back, you say, go go fuck yourself. And then I bring the neighbor out of the mouth of another. Mm-hmm. If he refuses to hear the, the friend, okay, well, now it's time for a lawsuit. And then you end up giving me my sheep back plus three more. Yeah, because because you were because uh, you had to go out in the public or whatever, or or it's um, so you don't do it again type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Or you could choose the eye for an eye method. You uh, stole my shit and take yours. Yeah. Hmm. Or you could go the Jesus route. Oh yeah, whatever. You stole my sheep. That's cool. Just please don't do it again. Yeah. Turn the other cheek. I got plenty more, but please don't. <laughs> I'm not going to do anything if you do. You've got to forgive me at least 70 times seven. So. Yeah. No, the law is the law. So you spoke to Vital uh, recently, or? Not really, no. No. No, I don't know. She's kind of driving me nuts. No. <laughs> You're uh, deep, deep in uh, Yeah, I haven't really looked at Well, I haven't read the whole thing. I stopped, but she's like, Mike, can you look at that? I already kind of got everything figured out. Yeah. And I'm trying to tell her what's important. She keeps bringing up all this stupid little stuff now because she's in panic mode. So she sent me this email. She's like, hey, Mike, can you fix up this notice for me? Uh, I don't think it's a good idea for her to be deciding what she should do next as a notice. But she sends me this notice, and it's so long, and it's so mixed up. She's thrown bits and pieces of everything in there. Like, try to follow this notice. She's like, I have a shoe. My dog barked. My <laughs> It's just all over the place, little bits and pieces of stuff, so it doesn't really make any sense. Like, yeah. holy. Oh, well. Because she's still in the midst of it, right? Yeah. And when's her next court date? I thought it was like December something. Or she, probably um, just, she probably just had that one in. Isn't I like think she's not. Between January 5th and January 15th, I think she's got six court dates. Okay, right, yeah. Yeah, she had mentioned that somewhere. Yeah, I think she's... I don't... I don't... I really don't get what they're doing, but she's got two... I think she's got two criminal contempt and two civil contempt. And I think it's by two different parties stemming from the same incident stretched over two orders or something ridiculous. I don't know what they're trying to pull. Okay. So she could be in prison for those civil contempts then? Yeah, technically she could. <laughs> like me and my wife technically could have or did. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's kind of hard to say what's going on. Just, I don't know, a lot has happened in the last 
like not in the last few days, but the last few moves on the chessboard were pretty big moves yeah. on both sides. So it's kind of hard to say how this is turning out. Like she, um, she basically said, there's no case here. You got no standing, no jurisdiction. I'm done. I'm going home. Goodbye. Mm-hmm. And the court didn't like that at all. And then her next notice, I don't know what they sent her. I can't remember. But her next notice was basically, what did I just say? I gave everybody here proper notice. Everything's been withdrawn. Been withdrawn. See Exhibit A. This case no longer exists. See Exhibit B. Uh, you can put on notice that what you're doing is causing harm. So therefore, any future harm is intentional. And just in fair compensation. That you've been told three times, have a nice day. Yeah. And then they thought, oh, she's just repeating herself now. She She's out of gas. She's got nothing left. We beat her. Yeah. And so they made a bunch of big moves. But they didn't. They weren't ready for my next notice to clobber them hard. So they put on a big show at the courthouse, got uh, the sheriff or got security to follow her around the courthouse. Right. And then they got the U.S. Marshal to talk to her outside of court and ask her a bunch of questions. And they had uh, both trustees. They had two buyers with contracts for her house pending the outcome of the case and putting the pressure on her like crazy. Like, steamroll, fraud, full steam ahead, like ready to just run her right over. Right. And then she clobbered them with this notice at the last minute, and they were panicking and scrambling like crazy. Yeah. And so they just kind of rushed to make an order quick. And this order is ridiculous. They don't, they don't, like if I put a lien on your, uh, on your property, Mm-hmm. I'm the only one that can take it off. You pay me, and we come or we come to some kind of an agreement. Yeah. Then I take it off, or you take it to a jury, and a jury decides. Yeah, and the jury decides but, that it was a false lien, or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, but this judge just decided all on his own that he was going to remove her mechanics lien and her maritime lien, actually her husband's mechanics lien who wasn't a party to any of this. And uh, he was going to, I don't know, do something else, give all her property to the trustee, and the the trustee could sell it all free and clear. She was no longer allowed to enter any documents into the case or the county recorder's office. (laughs) Like, you can bar anybody from the public from entering documents into the public. Yeah. So it's just a big joke, but... She's panicking now because she thinks it's all over, and now it's just they're going to sell the house, and that's it. She's kind of just freaking out now. And and this could be like their last move. They're like it's it's the last test that they're doing, right? Yeah, but they could back out of it at any time. See, it's it's the same old thing where they could withdraw their foreclosure or withdraw their court action or say, okay, whatever, big mistake, we'll call it quits. And they would still get paid from all the bonds and everything they're doing in the background. They're still making millions off of this. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, they'd be on the hook to give the money back, give the house back, to pay all the court costs. They still have all these fraud and corruption and breach of fiduciary duty charges hanging over their heads. 
their bar cards, their everything. Yeah. Well, they're they're trying to save face, right? So maybe yeah. they want like they want to kind of make a deal. So they remember when Carl or you always say like you got to give them an out or give them mm-hmm. a way to get out without like saving face, whatever. But if they're really that corrupt, you just might as well just <laughs> crush them. See, that's the thing, though. She, she's got them right now where if they don't stop, they're in big trouble. If they do stop, they're in big trouble. Yeah, yeah. So there's no option. And she, and she gave them the option. If you cease the trespass and you return the property, I will forgive, as I would like those who I trespass to for, forgive me. Oh, okay, so so there is an out. Yeah. Uh, yeah, just uh, stop what you're doing and give it back. Okay. But uh, purposely, I wasn't specific on what return the property meant. Like maybe he's thinking, give her the house and shut her up. Okay, right. there's the house. Thank you. Now the 90 grand, the silver, the cash, the attorney's fees, the, uh, the listing fees, the sale. But he's trying to ding her. Like there are all kinds of fees they're adding on to the amount she owes too, which is a separate debt, all complete separate debt. Right. But he's trying to add all these fees on. He's doubling the fees. He's going over the legal limit on fees. He just he went to town on everything. And her property that she wants back could be her time, so she could charge a dollar a minute or whatever, like sixty bucks an hour yeah. or whatever, right? Yeah, living in her car. Yeah. It's this much to me, the time I spent at the library because I didn't have internet in my freaking car. Yeah. So then it could be the house, the 90 grand, the this, that, plus my time. I mean, yeah. my property is my time, right? Yeah, about $600 worth of paper, ink, and photocopying, all this money in registered certified mail, all these filing fees. But she, yeah, she can, like, she can clobber them, like, she can steal their wallet legally every week till the end of time. Yeah. Well, if they're corrupt, they know they're corrupt. You know, they, it's almost you got to teach them a lesson. Yeah. That might as well make it profitable for her. But then she'd have to hold her own court. See, there's another thing, too. Her offer to settle was an offer to settle in private, too. Like, she can agree, give me my house back, give me my money back, stop what you're doing, fix whatever records you destroyed, however you can fix them. And uh, and I'll even sign a piece of paper saying that I'm not going to go on the public news and blab all this to everybody. Mm-hmm. Well, like, like, kind of order, non-disclosure order, whatever you call it, sure. Yeah. I can tell the world. Yeah, I guess so. Eh? <laughs> I didn't sign no contract to shut my big mouth. Yeah, and it's not like she told you after the fact. I can just say, how do you know I don't have a Pacer account? How do you know I don't look on the internet and read the paper? How do you know I didn't look at the uh, the, the bar gossip papers? Well, you guys publish all this shit in the bar journal. How do you know I didn't research this? There's some freaking nerd with nothing better to do except pick some lady's bankruptcy case and examine it. Yeah. That's what reporters do, right? Yeah, yeah. They have a purpose to report the news to the public, whatever, but 
They're just Joe Citizen looking something up. Public records. Yeah. Well, it sounds fair. Yeah, because I remember, I don't know if she talked to Carl or or Carl way back when had had talked to her somehow. Because I thought Carl was involved right at the beginning. He had mentioned something about her case. I don't know. There was some confusion, I think, about which case that Aquila was helping from Virginia. Oh, okay. Because I remember Carl talking about the construction mortgage or the construction whatever. They didn't complete, so they're at fault, blah, blah, blah. But but I forget which talk shoe that was in. Yeah, I don't know. If you hear it again, let me know. Yeah, yeah, I know. Because I've been re-going through Carl's talks there. Because the last two shows were kind of... uh, (laughs) He only came in for like a minute or two. See, that's another thing that's funny is um, her husband has a different last name. He was not part of the loan, and he was not a party to the bankruptcy case. And the judge didn't know what to do, so he made an order against her husband. wasn't even involved in the case at all for the loan. Hmm. Got a judgment against a third party for no apparent reason. But um, but I thought when you're married, if your wife has a death or your husband's wife, then you yes. also take that well, death, don't you? Then you have to drag him into the case. Oh. You have to build the, You have to bring him into the case. Oh. Like you, you got to somehow connect him to the loan, or somehow connect her to the house, or somehow connect him to the bankruptcy case. But they didn't do any of that. They didn't even try. Uh, huh. Like they would have to summon him to court. They'd have to name him as a party. Right, right, right. Yeah. They didn't do any of that. But um, uh, there's another reason why I started going off on that. I forget now already. What's another reason? And, Just the ridiculous shit they're pulling. Yeah, yeah. It's one of the 50 reasons to sue. Hmm. You know, so it was Aquila that, that helped her at the beginning? or? Uh, I think Aquila helped her a little bit, but I'm not sure how much. Okay. But Aquila is just more causing confusion now. Oh, is she still involved? Well, she, her and Shay hang out a lot. But Aquila doesn't really know all the details of the case. And there's something that me and Shay figured out a month ago. And we're already way past that. And then Aquila brings it up like she's got this clever new idea. (laughs) It's like, yeah, we did that already. Yeah, we did that already. Yeah, we did that. Yeah. That's funny. I actually talked to Aquila today there about three hours ago on Skype. Had a had a ten ten fifteen minute chat with her. She says the next time she comes to Canada she wants to visit. I don't know if she realized how big Canada is. She doesn't. She's clueless. Yeah, because she says she talks as though she's gonna come to Canada. It's like coming to, uh, you know, Maine or something. <laughs> I'm thinking, you know, from 
meet a mic, you got like 40, 50 hours of driving. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. She's like, she's like, Oh, how far is Leo and Eric? And I'm like, I don't know. A wild guess is like maybe like 24 hours straight driving, maybe more. Yeah. It's probably like, like 40. Oh, oh, so, so, is, so it's still in Toronto. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. She seems to be nice, but, uh, I don't think she's ever looked at a map. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, she she decided she was going to be here maybe a week, but she was going to swing by and see Al. She might rent a car and go see Al. Yeah. You're going to come to Toronto for a week, and you're going to rent a car. After you're going to be here for a few days, you're going to rent a car and just swing by and see Al. And Al's in D.C.? Yeah. yeah, which is <laughs> an extra five six hours more. Is that probably three thousand or three thousand miles? <laughs> yeah, something like that. No, I think it is because for me to drive here to you would be around forty hours. I think it is. Well, I, I guess it'd be depending on where you're going. But for me, if I was going to Vancouver it would be a little bit faster and cheaper for me to go through the U.S., whereas in Canada i got to go, like, almost a full day north to yeah. get around the Great Lakes. So it's like a full day driving just to get out of Ontario. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, well. Yeah, she said the next time she's going to come, she's going to come visit. I said, yeah, sure. <laughs> Give you GPS locations or whatever. Oh my god! I could even meet her in Edmonton. That's I could drive five hours. So any of these these four letters you got were uh, any of them good or were any of them bad? Well, the uh, Carly one, we we got two from Carly, and the uh, there's no Mister or Mrs. So the first one is uh, addressed to Leo and Melanie Seamard, and it says, Dear Leo and Melanie, this letter is a follow-up to a reported concern in regard to your child, Simon Seamard's health. I would like to thank you both for working with Northwest Alberta Child and Family Services to resolve this matter, as though we worked with them, but whatever. It was very apparent early on in the process how much you care for your children. We recognize that the assessment process can feel overwhelming and intrusive to some families, but you were able to work with Child and Family Services to address the matter completely. Child and Family Services considers the matter resolved and are happy to close the file as Simon appears to be happy and healthy. Uh, Sincerely, she signed it blue ink, Carly, Carly Hogue. And then she sent a second letter just addressed to Melanie, not CMART or nothing. And the second letter, we forwarded it to the uh, uh, superintendent. But this letter it says, Dear Melanie, comma, this letter is a follow-up in regards to a recent matter involving your child, Simon Seamard. Child and Family Services is happy to confirm that there are no current child protection concerns with regard to Simon. Child and Family Services consider the matter resolved and are happy to close the file as Simon appears to be happy and healthy child. 
Should you require a child intervention check for any current or future employment, please send your request to myself or Peace Server Manager Caroline Veal, and we would be happy to complete this for you. Sincerely, Carly Hoke. It still has been reassigned. <laughs> and then so we forward that letter to the to the superintendent and she automatically reassigned Melanie and she also answered the question the uh, the letter we had sent her. You know uh, we had sent a letter about there was accus accusations about um that was to Margaret. To Margaret? Yes. And so Margaret replied. <coughs> So the first letter, uh, the reassignment states, um, it says, uh, and, and the reassignment is from Margaret also. Like we sent it to um, the dep uh, to the superintendent, and Margaret answered, and she reassigned Melanie. So she says, uh, Mrs. Seymard, the RCMP apprehend apprehended you on Friday, December 11th from your classroom at George P. Vanny Donnelly, where you teach for Hyper School Division. Due to the seriousness of the allegations and the fact that we have not, or the fact that we have not had an opportunity to investigate or to receive your input and uh, perspective, we chose to place you on paid leave, unassigned to duties at that time. As per the letter you provided to us, we are assured that this is a civil matter that has now been resolved and that you pose no threat to students or colleagues. We are therefore reassigning you to your teaching duties at GP Venue School Donnelly, effective Wednesday, December 23rd. Should your circumstances change and you are charged with an offense, you're obliged to let us know immediately. Administrative Procedure 406, criminal record check, disclosure of criminal charges states and then there's a paragraph of that criminal record check. Uh, do you want me to read that paragraph? Well, it's just the code? Well, the code. It says Administrative Procedure 406 requires an employee to disclose charge I, against... I, 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 don't need a, I don't need to hear all that. Yeah, yeah it's like the, the code. And then yeah. if you have any questions or concerns, please contact me directly. Yours truly, Margaret. And then, so that was the reassignment letter, and then she also sent the reply to the letter we wrote her. So it says, yep. response to your letter this, of December 15th. So it says, Miss uh, Seymard, or Mrs. Seymard, I received your letter dated December 15th today. In response to your question about the source of the allegations against you, our super, superintendent, Miss Laura, Polsey received notice from your principal, Robert Owens. He advised that two RCMP arrived at GP Vanier School to see you. Mr. Owens went to your classroom to notify you of their presence. At that time, you did not leave your classroom to meet them in the office. This necessitated the RCMP coming to your classroom to escort you out of the school in view of several students. Mr. Owen's call, phone call, Ms. Parotzi contacted the RCMP and McLennan to see if we could get the reason for your apprehension. As you can expect, the officer was not able to give specific information. He did, however, indicate you were apprehended for failure to comply with a civil order. 
and that this civil order was directly linked to questions about your own child and that you would likely be attending a court hearing on Tuesday. When the RCMPs when the RCMP were asked if this when the RCMP were asked if this was a child abuse issue, they could not give us a definite answer. Melanie, we hope you understand that your removal from school by the RCMP and alleged allegations linked with issues involving your own child gave us cause for action. Given the seriousness of the allegations and the fact that we had not had an opportunity to investigate or to receive your input and perspective, we chose to place you on paid leave unassigned to duties until such time the allegations could be confirmed or resolved. On December 14th, Superintendent Lori Pelosi sent you an email asking for a letter of confirmation that this legal matter has been resolved. You replied by email on December 16th indicating you were currently waiting for a letter stating that all is clear. Today, December 22nd, you provided a letter via email from Child Support Child and Family Support uh, Division Northwest Region dated December 14th indicating that uh, there is no current child protection concern. Child and Family Services considers the matter resolved. I am very pleased, Melanie, to note your child is happy and healthy. The letter from Child and Family Services brings the situation to a resolution and you are reassigned to, do, uh, to duties effective immediately. Please try to enclose a letter confirming this action. Again, I am pleased your child is in good health. I wish you success with the remainder of the school year. Yours truly, Margaret. So she never, the letter we had wrote her was about uh, the allegations of child abuse, right? Yeah, I caught her bullshitting right, right immediately. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like it's my fault if I was apprehended in front of the students because I didn't go to the office. But it's not just that. You asked who were these authorities that that made allegations of child abuse. And then she yeah, switched it to say, well, I asked if it was child abuse and he didn't say anything. Right. Okay, so you made it up. Well, yeah, like she, she wrote it in that letter, right? Like the first one. Yeah, she, she flat out admitted that I lied. He didn't make the allegations. He didn't say there was allegations of child abuse. I made it up because he didn't answer me. Yeah. 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 But she didn't, she, I don't remember way back near the beginning, um, she mentioned a few people's names, but when she got to the, quote, authorities that made the allegations of child abuse, she just called them the officer, right? Yeah, so she called them. Different... Yeah, so she, she named the principal, she named whatever, and, um, she called, uh, Mrs. Provolzi contacted the RCMP in McLennan to see the reason, and uh, as you can expect, the officer was not able to give specific information, so she called uh, the RCMP guide the officer. And then it says, when the RCMP were asked if it was a child abuse issue, they could not give us a definite answer, so again, she can see who it was. So it was either the officer or RCMP. Yeah, I don't know if you want to push it right now, but you could ask her, like, yeah, thank you for your letter. 
um, but you did not answer my question. Who was the man you spoke to? But at the same time, does it matter or not? Because she's saying that dead could not answer the question. Yeah, it, but that's what I'm saying. I don't know if you should really push it now, but but you could like, get to the bottom of who's at fault. But I would say the main focus would be to, to fix Carly. Yeah. Because in a sense, like when you, if you're looking from the public's perspective, she was apprehended at school. They kind of put her on paid leave. Uh, it does. I don't think they did. It doesn't. I don't think they did. It wasn't wrong to do that because they had an employee. You know. No, put, no. What was wrong was, was to to utter, What was wrong was to utter the words child abuse on paper. Right. Yes, that first letter there. Yeah. Because the the press release and all that, like it wasn't mentioning anything about that. But that letter, the private letter, yeah. It was like file. No, what? How did she put it? File. It's ah, I forgot. It was file. Ah, something. File charges or allegations. I forget. Yeah, it says. The uh, we have just received notice that the authorities have filed charges against you on alleged on allegations of child abuse. Yeah, so that's yeah. total. Yes, yeah. Like right there, that's a lawsuit. Okay, just from those words. Okay. Yeah, it could be that woman. It could be the cop that told her that there was charges. But then she like just yeah. Like if if she's just a dingbat and just made it up in her head, just saw cops, saw handcuffs assumed there was charges, and then when he didn't answer child abuse, she just assumed there was. Like, if she just actually made that up out of her head, holy crap. But if that cop, if a cop of all people said, oh, yeah, she's been charged with child abuse, holy crap. Like, you can't just make this shit up. That's no. serious. It's, yeah. it's, like, your case obviously is very different. But your case is very similar to what's going on with Carl right now. Somebody uttering something into the public, allegations of child abuse. Uh, in Carl's case, there's allegations of, of pedophile. Yeah. It's the same thing. Somebody uttered something that wasn't true into the public. Frank wasn't charged, and there was no child abuse. And you guys were not charged, and there was no child abuse. Yeah. So it, it's pretty much the same thing in that in that in that way. So in that but, sense, we pursue that, right? I mean, that's... that's the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, but see, I don't know how much you want to pursue that or right now, but I would say this whole problem is Carly's fault. And I would say there's probably a hundred things you could sue Carly over. And then in in the email, like uh, with Carly's letter, uh, let me just grab that email one more time there. But you didn't even mail it to you? Oh, no, she she mailed me the letters, yes. Carly okay. mailed me letters. But uh, I had made like 10 points, so I received the letters from Carly. Oh, the email, like you sent Mike. Yeah, I, the email I sent Mike. Um, so one letter I want to, like I, I was thinking of closing up uh, loose ends with Carly before getting serious with Carly, like, 
they've put out an alert issued to international ser uh, social services. They put an interprovincial child services, and they they did an RCMP alert and a Canada border services alert. So I was gonna just confirm with Carly that those um, alerts have been removed in one letter. Or you know, so the next yeah, time we travel, then then we don't have an alert sitting there, and she goes, oh, I forgot to remove that. And then the other thing is, when when my property or Melanie and the kids were held at the border for, for an extra two hours, it proves that she removed, you know, if she can remove the order, those uh, alerts, then the property was held in naked possession for those two hours, right, at the border, with no reason. Yeah, you could... Uh like you could spend the next five years slowly building your claim against her, but you could toy with her the whole time. Mm -hmm. Like get her to show that the alert's been removed here, show that it's been removed from there. Just get her to happily jump through these hoops for a little while. Yeah. And she'll probably start getting sick of it. But and then you can just uh, say, okay, now I require you uh, publish a, a public apology. Okay, now I, I require you to put on paper that you admit that you were wrong. <laughs> like you could just keep just tormenting her little bit by little bit. Mhm. Mm because I was thinking of starting with this this alert thing because she was held an extra two hours plus it it just like you say built a case and I'm not I'm not pushing hard but I'm just kind of I I get a letter out I get a letter back from her I get a letter out get a you know like you say building your case and. Yeah, but you could say, okay, holding me up at the airport, haha, ha, funny joke, that's going to cost you two grand an hour. Here's your bill. Yeah. And let her say, well, it wasn't my fault. Let her say, oh, I didn't want that to happen. What is she going to say to that? Pay the bill or see in court? You take her to small claims court for that. Yeah. It's an unpaid bill. Prove you don't owe it. You know, prove that, prove that it's not worth uh, $2,000 an hour. And my whole family's locked up in the airport, answering questions, interrogated for no reason. Mm -hmm. And then it would it would get me uh, like my feet wet in uh, in uh, sending a letter for for a bill, and collecting in court, and going through that whole process, right? And then the well, next thing could be false imprisonment, and the next thing or whatever, right? Like build up to that. Yeah, but, um, like, the way I look at I could be looking at it wrong, but the way I see small claims court is it is, um, it's a statutory court okay. that has been made um, kind of like a fast track. Of, of, instead of cases dragging on, they've made a way of shortening the process and making it really quick. And what they did for that to happen was they based the rules pretty close to actual law and took all the legal formality out of it. So, okay, the way so, I, right. it, so the way I see it, it's still based in statutory, the rules of civil procedure and everything, but it's more man-to-man -man law based, get them in, get them out, none of this big corporate tied up in escrow accounts and all that other crap. It's just Where's the contract? Did you do it or didn't you? Why didn't you? You lose. Okay. So for the small bills, I would take you to statutory, a small claim court. 
You could. That's right, what I'm right, saying. Right. Yeah, right. Just just to get, yeah. Yeah, you could. Sorry, I was just going to say, is that a place where you want to go back every now and then, or you just want to do everything at once, or what? Does it get tired of seeing us for the same thing? Or? Well, you wouldn't ever have to sue for the same thing. Okay. Like, there's so many, like, just Carly's affidavit alone. Look at how many false statements she uttered into the public. Right. Like, just saying that you're part of a sovereign citizen group. Yeah. Okay, prove that. Yeah. If you didn't, you just uttered false false statements. You, you attacked my character. You destroyed my good name, my reputation. Like, that's probably three charges right there. You destroyed my reputation. You disparaged my character, and you besmirched my good name. Yeah. Like, there's so many things just in her affidavit alone you could nail her on. So I guess I'm, I, I was thinking, you know, nitpick the uh, kind of closed loose ends and, and nitpick the uh, the affidavit with letters. Yeah, like you could, yeah. you could, if you wanted, you could pick a cop and send him a bill. Like that's another thing that cop that put you in handcuffs and took you out of the school. Yeah, yeah. That's abduction. If he doesn't have all the proper paperwork, which he doesn't. That's abducted. You could you could sue him if you wanted. Yeah. Okay. So Rick, that's in the email I sent you. I said a letter to Rick saying, uh, uh, send me a copy of the arrest warrant you used to uh, to abduct me, you know, from school or however you want to put it. And if he doesn't send you the arrest warrant, then you can send him a bill, right? Yeah, I wouldn't use the word abduct or anything like that. I wouldn't make it crazy. Just ask for the warrant. Yeah, okay. The arrest warrant, yeah. Yeah, like just the, yeah, that you used on December 11th, whatever. And then another letter could be, is there any outstanding warrants or charges on, on I or my wife? Would that be another good one to ask, or or you don't even want to? Yeah, I don't know if that's necessary. He already admitted there's no criminal charges, and it was a civil matter, and it's been resolved. Okay, okay, because we had talked about that earlier. Now, the other two questions I have for you is, should I get a complete case file from the Peace River Court, the last the court I was in? Yep. And Yes, okay. And the other thing is, this all Transcript. started... This the transcripts, too. Yeah, okay, and transcripts, okay. Yeah, I don't know how it works in your courthouse, but... Um, I don't know if I mentioned this before. We could probably go on the core website and look up the um, the schedule fee, right? And or the fee schedule, and it will probably tell you how much it costs for transcripts and audios and stuff like that. But you might find that audios are cheaper and faster, okay. and you can transcribe them yourself. The important parts. Now this this case started in a different town and a different courthouse. So do you think it would have a different case number or docket number in that courthouse? Like, could there be two files? Like, the first apprehension orders were in Hyperi. So should they I check? Should, they probably should have been sent over, but you'll know when you get to copy a case file what's in there and what's not. Oh, I see. Okay. Because I was thinking of writing a letter to that second courthouse or the first courthouse and requesting the complete case file but I guess I don't have the number yet. But 
Yeah, I would just get a copy of the case file, and if there's documents missing from before then, then I get a copy of the other one. Oh, okay, okay. But I would be doing this in writing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, in writing to, uh, yeah, to the clerk and all that. And then there's no problem me showing ID that I'm a person and getting the case file and all that stuff, no? No, you're not getting jurisdiction over you, you're just getting the file. Yeah. Realistically, they have no right to ask you for ID anyways. It's, they're pretending to be public, so it's a public file. Yeah. Like if they're telling you that it's confidential information or it's protected information or whatever, they're admitting that they're a private corporation. No, oh, okay. They won't admit that they're a private corporation, but they'll try and not let people see the file at the same time. Yeah. It's either a public file or it's private file. How are you saying it's private public file? What? That's ridiculous. It's a blackish white card, really. <laughs> yeah. So I guess we have three letters or three or four letters to grow. One to Margaret. Um, well, Margaret, we should wait a bit there. No. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's up to you if you want to stir if you want to stir that up or not. It's not really necessary at this point. But you could. Okay. Because we could wait till after the school year or, or near the end of the school year. Yeah, or whatever. I don't know. It, it may not be necessary. Um, you could write to um, somebody at the police station and say you require a copy of the police report. Oh, the police report that they used to apprehend Melanie, you mean, or...? Whatever they got. Oh, okay. I never thought of that. And there's two detachments involved because there's the detachment in Peace Server and the one that's what the court was at, and the McLennan is where the school is at. So, probably requested in both places, right? Or there'd be two reports, or? Well, I don't know. Start with the one that's important first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I'll send I'll send a letter for the police report and to uh copy of the warrant. Copy of the warrant. I guess there'll be two letters to Rick. Oh well we have a, a few months of, of uh, writing letters and figuring out exactly what should we, we should write, but we'll go from we'll go from there. Did you remove your uh, idea of uh, asking Carly about who like the March Whatever, who reported us there? Oh yeah, there was another one I said uh, to Carly. Like, I'll try to get her to remove from or confirm that she removed all the alerts. And then the second letter would be uh, for her to identify who emailed a report on March 3rd at uh, 2015 at 6:17 p.m. and send me the copy of the said email. Because in, well, in, in her affidavit, she claims that somebody on March 3rd. 2015 at 6:17 p.m. Uh, sent her an email, and that's why they reopened the file, or that's why they. So why don't you write a letter to Carly and say I require a complete copy of the case file? Well, oh. the case of the, in the case of the courthouse, there's also a case of CPS. 
Okay, so there'd be a case file at CPS and a case file at the court, right? It could be different? Oh, it is different. Okay. Because the court, like my, the case file in the I'm, court, sorry. When, when Carly does an investigation, calls the principal, calls the doctor, calls all these people, she's writing stuff down in a file. She's got a file in her office. When she takes it to court, she decides which document she wants to take out of her file and use as evidence. There's a case file, and then there's an office file. So you require a complete copy of... See here, she said, we've closed our file. We're happy to tell you that we've closed our file. Mm -hmm. They didn't say the case file. They said our file. Okay, thanks for closing your file, now send me a copy of it, a complete copy of it. Right, right. Okay. Well, that makes sense. I didn't think of that part. And here's another thing, too. Nobody catches this one, but when you tell them you require a complete copy of the case file, you're going to get a file back with a whole bunch of black marks. People are going to be censoring stuff. Right. That's not a complete copy, is it? If there's information missing. So then you re-request it. Or re-require it. Yeah, I required a complete copy of the case file. And... There's parts missing and blanked out. I require a complete copy of the case file. Giddy up. Did we mention that in the first letter, like a complete copy of the case file uncensored or whatever the word is? Or? No. Uh, I, would just, I would just say a complete copy. Okay. Yeah. Of of the, your file. Yeah, you could. You could put uncensored or unredacted or something like that, but no, you See, think, yeah, you never know. Like you could get a copy of the file that's got a whole bunch of things blanked out, and then you could write another letter saying, "I require a complete copy. You sent me a redacted copy." And then you never know. You might get a cop. You might get a copy of the file back, with less things censored, but some complete documents missing. You can say, "Oh, why is this complete copy different than this complete copy?" Yeah. You catch them doing stuff like that. Now, in your opinion, writing these letters to Carly and getting info and all that—is it like slapping the tiger in the face and? going to reopen a whole can of worms or is it just a way well, to keep like I'm just trying to making sure that we don't well we want to go how, how how is she going to come after you like what is she going to say now well I no, nothing like we were we've proved everything like there was, nothing's wrong Yeah, like she would have to get a report from a doctor, a report from a neighbor, see something on your website. Like there would have to be something that she would be coming after you for. Mm -hmm. 
like if you were not going to parenting classes and it was part of the contract, she would come after you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no, yeah. If you weren't bringing them to the doctor and that was part of a contract, she could come after you for that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I guess the, the whole point is just to make sure we keep our letters not threatening. You know, yeah. we just keep them, we just require that and that's it. To, yeah. Don't give reasons why or whatever, just simple one one-liners. One two liners. And then I'm guessing the first letter should be the one asking if all the alerts have been removed, just to make sure everything is actually closed. Yeah, get her, get her to do whatever you want her to do first. Yeah, and then asking her the uncomfortable questions later. Yeah. Yeah, because I'm going to go through the affidavit and make sure that all the clues, all the loops or the closed loops are done, type of thing. What I want done, and then do the. Uh, that makes sense. Then send their bills for whatever at that point. No, first require, require the case file. Yeah. Or her office file or whatever, yeah. Well, that'll be interesting. And I'm thinking, um, I was hoping to go on your talk sheet one of these days and tell the uh, story of this file or this case or whatever you want to call it but um, I want to make sure that I don't um, kill my strategy by doing that right yeah I wouldn't I wouldn't be talking about it yet yeah like wait till it's 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 further down the line type of thing yeah I think you gotta you're gonna have to figure out Um, the easiest and most obvious thing to go after Carly for, like something that it's it's undeniable, like you don't even have to do any work to prove it; it's already proven. Yeah. And something that's so easy and obvious to pursue, something that you absolutely cannot lose. Yeah. And then just figure out what you're going to sue her for. Start building a claim. Yeah, and you build that claim by sending her letters and getting her to reply or whatever, get her to answer the letters. But move her just, along the right way. Yeah, just look through and figure out what is what is super easy, what's super obvious, and it's pretty serious. Yeah. Something that it's, you're going to win hands down, and then you've pretty much you should have you should pretty much have her caught red-handed already mm -hmm. and then you would just ask her a couple of questions that relate to it sort of but she doesn't understand why you're asking yeah and just catch her get her you use your head and you plan ahead yeah and you ask her one you ask her a certain question kind of knowing what the answer is going to be mm -hmm. and then you get her to answer it the way you want her to answer it and then your second question gets her to contradict herself. Yeah. So you catch her in a position where she either has to lie or she has to confess. Mm -hmm. Or flat out ignore you. Which is going to look kind of funny when you send her a letter, she replies that day. You send her a letter, she replies that day. All of a sudden you ask her a good question, 
catch her in a lie and she never speaks to you again. Yeah. That'll work against her. Not exactly. Okay, no, that makes sense. Because we didn't want to, well, we got, we sent the letter to get Melanie back at work, but I didn't send anything to Carly yet because I wanted to make sure that we were thinking the same, you know, my strategy is similar to what your strategy would be. Yeah, see, a lot of people, they, um, they're trying to fight a traffic ticket, so they're trying to pull a heavy at the same time while at the same time they also want to keep their driver's license. Well, if you want to keep your driver's license, you're going to have to use your head on how you fight them and keep it at the same time. Mm-hmm. But it, it's, it's a matter of get what you want first and then go back and fix everything. So you you got to make sure you achieve your goal before you jeopardize your goal. Yeah. Get, it, get it first and then everybody after. Well, makes sense. Well, ultimately, they're being thrown in jail for um, almost two days there. Do we... uh, (laughs) I'm pretty sure that's not legal. Are we... I don't know. I haven't talked to Leo there, but are we supposed to sue the RCMP or is it Carly? I mean, can we do anything about that? Um, yeah, it, it also depends. I think you got enough on Carly already, okay. but you could, um, you could probably send a bill to the police for that or get them to show you a copy of the warrant and the bond or the insurance policy that indemnifies them. And if the cop can't prove that he had a warrant to come and pick you up or to or to take Leo from jail, then he basically just robbed you of your body, your property. He just took your body and put it in jail mm-hmm. without any right or authority. So who pays for that? Well, the guy that did it. If he didn't have any right or authority to put you in jail and he did it anyways, you could also probably sue whoever's in charge of the courthouse because they were holding you in the courthouse jail without right. Mm-hmm. Or they, it could. It just depends on how you want to go about it. Who you want to. You could sue all of them. Yeah. Like realistically, you could sue Carly because she's the one that uttered the false statement that led to all this. You could sue the cop because he did it without right. You could sue the town or whoever in charge of the jail because they held you in their jail without right. Huh. You, you could send the judge a bill. I had to pay a babysitter for two freaking days straight because of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I still don't understand why they didn't come and pick up our son. They had an apprehension order from the judge. Like, they were able to imprison us falsely. Why didn't they act on the apprehension order? Like, it's, it's, well, like, like nobody can answer that, but I'm, I'm just trying well, to figure out why. I can probably answer it. The, the reason they probably didn't pick up the kid is because they were after you. And 
yep. they went to pick up, they went to pick her up from the school because she didn't show up to court. They took you from court because you were being a jackass in court. So that was blatant right then and there reasons to do it. That's why they did it. The apprehension order, they didn't fully have that legally locked down yet. Okay. They probably could have done that, but it's much easier to go to school and drag her out of school than to actually kick the door in and go kidnapping. Right, right, right. It was more convenient. You were already there. They knew where to get you. Mm-hmm. They didn't have to kick down doors to get you. You were already there on court. Yeah. Hmm. Besides, if they go kicking indoors and stealing people's kids, that looks bad on the news. They'd rather make you look bad. You didn't go to court. And you didn't shut your mouth in court. Yeah. Now, the lawyer, the man, Jeff, who is acting as the lawyer for the supposedly director or Carly, either one of them, now, can Jeff be liable for for oh, yeah. Bay Tree and all that, or would it be the same? Like yeah, he, Jeff got yeah. yeah, well, according to common law, he was acting without right anyway, so who was he acting for? Like, he didn't have any written signature. Who was he representing? Some fictional entity that didn't sign anything. Yeah. He had no right or authority to act on behalf of a fictional corporation. In legalese, they call it power of attorney or delegation of authority. But if I'm going to sue you, I go to a lawyer and I fill out paperwork and I sign my freaking name. I'm the man that's suing you. I am the plaintiff. Yeah. The director of CPS is not a man or a woman. No man or woman signs their actual real name, CPS. Nobody, there's no man or woman named Child and Family Services. That that signature doesn't appear on any signature line. So who are you acting for, Bob? Are you acting for Susie? Are you acting for Carly? Mm-hmm. But he was always acting for the director, supposedly. Like, that's what he, you know. Because in but, of the, but I know the director doesn't exist. I... He also has a duty and an obligation to make sure that they're telling the truth and that there's a valid case. Yeah, yeah. Like the Bay issue part of it. Yeah, he's he's not stupid. He knows if there's no harm, loss, or injury, no breach of contract, no debt, no injured party, no witnesses, no crime, nothing, he's got no case. And he should have known not to proceed. Yeah. So, but the thing is, in common law, there's no limitation. Like, there's, what I'm thinking is I don't want to bring Jeff at the forefront right now until I deal with Carly and the RCMP and all this part. You could. It, it just, like I said, pick the easy win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Could be anyone. Practice on the lawyer if you want. What's Carly going to do when you sue the lawyer and you kick his ass? He had absolutely no case, no right, no authority, no standing, nothing. He gets his ass kicked in a court of record. 
Okay, well, now you just proved that Carly had nothing. That's an easy win now. You already laid the foundation. You took the lawyer out. Everything he did was bullshit. What's Carly going to stand on now? My lawyer told me to do it? No. Mm -hmm. Okay. That makes sense. And I guess, yeah. I'm just trying to think of all the parties that are involved, but Carly and Jeff are probably, and the RCMP are probably the biggest ones. Yeah, you could file a bar grievance against Jeff. You could do a judicial review board complaint against the judge. You could sue the judge. You could sue Jeff. You could file criminal complaints. Do all kinds of shit. Yeah, I guess you could, in a sense, you could do the legalese, uh, like you're saying, the bar review and all that stuff. And, like, you don't have to go to common law against them, in a sense, right? You could use their rules against them. See, it doesn't It doesn't necessarily have to be a quote-unquote bar grievance on a bar grievance form. You could just write a letter to the... I don't know, Law Society of Alberta, whatever. who knows what they got there. But you could just write a letter and say, yeah, this is what Jeff did. I told him he had no standing. I told him blah, 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 and he did it anyway. Let them decide if they want to take it as a bar grievance, a complaint, a letter, whatever. Okay, okay. Like you could do some research and find out who his insurance carrier is. Right to his insurance company. Yeah, just to let you know, this guy, Jeff, he did this, 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 and this. I should sue him, but I'm not. The insurance company will be like, holy shit, this guy's going to get sued and we're going to have to pay. Right. His insurance will go up. Maybe they'll do an investigation on him. Maybe they'll haul him in for questions. If he loses his insurance, he loses his job. Oh, yeah. Holy shit, you're full of ideas, eh? <laughs> How many people have you sued, Mike? <laughs> None yet. None yet. I assure you, I, I don't want to go against you in, <laughs> in court. <laughs> there's, like, there's like 20 million angles to, to kill this thing, eh? Yeah, well, there's also the angle, too, where... If you made it very clear in um, in court documents, public records, that somebody was trespassing, mm-hmm. in the statutory world, the judge is a mandated reporter. If there's a crime and he knows about it, he has a duty and obligation to tell the authorities. Right. So if he let Jeff and Carly pull all this shit on you, he's liable for that also, failing to report a crime. Yeah. That's the only reason the doctor reported it, because that's part of their job. They're a mandated reporter. The doctor did his job. Carly was actually doing her job, just not properly. Right. Yeah, but the, the judge, judge ordered our arrest, so why he would, why would he, I don't know. But he should have known. Like, he's doing, they're doing private Boy Scout law in their court. It's just family court. It's not a court of law. It's a... Uh, administrative court. Oh, yeah. So he's following administrative family court rules. 
But when you go in there and you say, I'm a man, that's my property, you have no right, no authority, no consent, leave my property alone, he's supposed to know that there there's a man there, he's causing harm to a man, and that you're not part of their club. He's supposed to back off. He's supposed to protect you at that point because he's got a duty to protect man. Right. But he just ignores that you're a man and steamrolls you like you're a citizen or something, some corporation. Hmm. Okay. Well, I'm going to come up with a uh, a plan with all the characters and see uh, what sticks or in my mind or what makes sense. It seems like uh, somebody has to get sued. Well, if the way I see it, <coughs> if you sue Carly, think about how many how many children's aid workers are going to get get that news. Mm-hmm. Think about how many of them are going to think about their job and how many of them are going to be a little more careful on what they do. Yeah. And if Carly gets sued and loses, Jeff's going to hear about it. That judge is going to hear about it. Everybody else is going to hear about it. Other offices are going to hear about it. There's probably going to be um, inter-office memos, like emails going to the different CPS offices telling people to be careful of how they do things. Same thing if you do the judge, everybody downhill is going to know about it. Yeah. Especially some of them will actually be dragged into your court. You know that that trespasser conspiracy, uh, by way of conspiracy, can you have more than one wrongdoer in in your one in your claim? You have to. Okay. So you okay. Because I can put all the uh, CPS workers and blah, like all the the characters as the wrong. I can list a whole bunch of wrongdoers for this one trespass conspiracy. By way of conspiracy. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if conspiracy is really a good one. Oh, okay. Like I don't know. If she she uttered enough false statements into the public. I I think maybe something out of her affidavit would probably be the easiest. Oh, like I see. It's her own words. Yeah. And she can't just make it disappear. She can't take it back. And there's things that there's no hope in hell of her proving. Right. So find something that was damaging to your name. If she said something something wrong, if she if she accused you of a crime or some kind of wrongdoing, and tarnished your good reputation in any way. Just that's that. I, I think it's beyond slander. I think it's LaBelle. Like, I don't know. There's slander, LaBelle, defamation. There's all different kinds of things that are closely related. But So like the fact that you mentioned, I fled to France with my children after hearing about the apprehension or after, I forget, after the apprehension order? Would that be mm-hmm. one we could do? Because obviously we have the dates of the planes, like the flights and all that. 
Yeah, I don't know. That might be a hard one to do because technically you didn't have to run away. There were other options. So it, you might be able to pull that off. You might not, but... Um, so it's not as black and white. Like for us, some things seem to be black and white. But that then, to me seems obvious that I mean, we have like flights, confirmations, and she's just throwing in some stupid dates saying we fled. But we were in France by then. Like, I mean, it makes sense. Like, she was in France before they even held court. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. No, we're gonna have to go through. Yeah. See, like, I don't, I don't really know what's going on with that letter where the authorities allege charges of child abuse or whatever, but. That, as an example, would be a good one if that was published into the public. I don't know if it was or not. No, but, it was just private. I know, it was just to me. But that's something that was absolutely untrue, and you can easily prove that that was untrue. And child abuse is very serious. Mm-hmm. If I ran around town and told everybody that my next-door neighbor was a child abuser, that would destroy his reputation. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So something like that, that if you can find something similar to that in the affidavit, because the affidavit was entered into the public, and there's some things on there that are absolutely untrue. There's got to be some things that are absolutely unprovable. And if they're bad, that would be a winner. She said something bad. It's obviously wrong. She can't ever prove it. I can prove it's false. Like, um... Here's another thing too, like say say you were your claim was robbery. What you would have to do is Google what are the elements of robbery. And then you look up the elements of robbery and it's gonna say points one to five. One is gonna have to be that something was taken. And it's gonna have to be that you could prove that you owned it. And then you would have to prove whatever and, and they would tell you. Okay. Like the elements of murder, you have to have a murder weapon, you have to have a body, you have to have a confession. There's a list of things you need to do to prove it. It's called the elements. Right. So, so the elements of liable or the elements of slander or defamation would, would have different elements, you're saying? Like yes. different. Yeah, right, right. And then so, so then I find which, like if I say slander, I make sure that I have all those elements or liable, I have all those elements. Yeah. Or what? Yeah. Whichever. Yeah, that's kind of an easy way to build, to figure out if you have a case or not. Right. Um, like I could say you committed fraud. That's going to be tough to prove. So now I got to go through the elements of fraud. I have to prove that there was a false statement made. I have to prove that it was made to a third party. I have to prove that you did it intentionally. I have to prove that there was some kind of damage and that you actually acted. Your actions caused damage. So there's a bunch of things I have to prove to make sure it's fraud. If I if I can't prove if there's one of those elements I can't prove, then my then my claim of fraud was a false claim. Now I'm gonna get sued. Right. So if I was gonna if I was going to file a claim against you for fraud, I would look up the elements of fraud and say, can I prove this? Yes. Can I prove this? Well, yeah, here's the document. 
can I prove this? Well, yeah, there's the county recorder stamp on it. It was entered into the public. Can I prove damage? Well, uh, yep. Okay, here's here's how I prove. Okay, I got a case now. And then I guess to your point, let's say I want to prove fraud, and there's five elements. I could kind of plan to write five letters to Carly to get those five elements, to get her to agree to those five elements, right? That's your point? The thing is, you wouldn't need to prove all five elements because you'd already have some of them, right? Right, yeah, but if I'm missing, let's say, the element of intent or the element of action, I could just kind of write it, well, on this date you did this or whatever, however you want to put it, right? That's that's what I always do. Like with Shay's case, I did it when I was telling you about the notices. Yeah. I said, you've all been placed on proper notice that you're trespassing and you're causing me harm. Mm-hmm. If you continue, that any any continued trespass is intentional. Right. Like I've totally set them up. So now later on down the road, they say, oh, it was just a mistake. <laughs> Bullshit, it was a mistake. You were given notice. You were given notice again, and you were given notice that you were given notice twice already. Yeah. How many times were you told and you didn't know? Right. So that just proves intention. When you tell them and they do it anyways, they they did it on purpose. You told them there's a mistake or there's fraud. Right. And by them allowing it to continue, it is fraud because they didn't stop it. It was brought to their attention. They they continued. Yeah, by their inaction, it's kind of their action, or their, yeah. Their, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Actually, when you're talking about it, I kind of notice, but it just clarifies it. <laughs> yeah, this is probably a bad example, but if you run somebody over with your car, then you back up and then you run them over again and then you back up and I say, Hey man, there's a guy sitting there. You're going to kill him. And you're like, yeah, whatever. And you run him over again. And say, Oh, I didn't know. Yeah. I told you, you hit him twice. And I told you, you hit him five more times. You didn't know. Yeah. Yeah, you, you, You can't just say, oops, it was a mistake at that point. Yeah. And that's the whole reason for giving proper notice too. It's like, uh, me and you both go to the big Canadian tire sale and we buy the same bike and we both go to the grocery store. I park my bike right near yours and you take my bike by accident. I don't just call the cops and charge you with theft. I give you a chance to say, oops, it was actually a mistake. My bike's still at the store. Right. Because if there was was no intent of robbery or no intent of theft, then it's not theft. It's a mistake. Like I, I took the wrong bike. Yeah, but right. if I write you a letter and say, I, I think you made a mistake, you got my bike, I got yours. Yeah. And you say, yeah, whatever, that's fine, your bike's better than mine, you keep mine. Okay, now you can't say you didn't know. Yeah. Now it's robbery, or now it's, yeah. No, yeah, you, whatever. Yeah. It could just be an honest mistake. Yeah. Or at least, even if it's not an honest mistake, they can lie and say it was, and you can't prove unless you flat out tell them, hey, man, you're stepping on my toe. Oh, I didn't know. Well, here's the letter I sent you. You told me, Bob, you're stepping on my toe. Yeah, you're saying you didn't know? There's your signature. You received it. Yeah. You're giving them an opportunity to stay in honor, in a sense, even though you know they're not in, you're in dishonor. Yeah, you're just... Yeah. And if they like come can, back in honor, then you're, you're, you're okay. You're yeah, good. like I can, I, can, I can go down the street at 100 miles an hour and run right over your mailbox. And I haven't actually done anything wrong. I've caused some kind of harm, loss, or injury, 
but I haven't actually done anything wrong. I just made a stupid mistake. But if you say, hey, fix my mailbox, and I refuse to fix your mailbox, now I've done wrong. Now I'm in dishonor. Yeah. Yeah, if you say fix my mailbox, it'll be 1000 bucks. You paid 1000 bucks. Okay, like everything's settled in private. It was a mistake or whatever, and it's done. It's settled. Yeah. Yeah, so it's, yeah. Yeah. That's part of being a man. You always have an opportunity, to, a duty and an obligation, actually, yeah. to correct your mistake. And that's why in this situation, once I know it's slander or libel or robbery or whatever, the, you know, whatever my, I figure out what, what, what the trespass is and, and I, uh, I make sure I have all the elements, I write, dear, uh, dear Carly or greetings Carly, blah, blah, blah. I, you know, I require um, $10,000 for this, whatever, and I, I can describe exactly what it is. I give her opportunity to settle. Then I use that letter when she doesn't settle as as my exhibit, right? Yep. <coughs> now, would I, uh, in that letter, would I have to prove, would I have to show her everything I'm going to be proving in court or just kind of show her the letter if she doesn't settle then, or, or that's where you... Um, like you don't show all your cards in that letter, right? Like let's say I get to the point where I say, okay, I'm suing Carly, but before I sue Carly, I'm giving an opportunity to settle in private. I don't say, well, I have this, I have that, I have that to prove all this, right? No. No, you no. Don't tell her. Yeah, you just say this is the amount and blah, blah, blah. She can always come back and say, show me a, a bill of particulars or, or how I came up with that amount, and I can tell her that, the reason why, right? Yeah, that's all. That's all shit for way down the road, anyway. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Hmm. Okay. Any questions, Bon Amour? No, I'm good. <laughs> are we? Uh, are we missing anything, Mike? You think, or are we doing too uh, much? <laughs> are we? Like, are we being, we're not being assholes for Sue and Carly. Like, I think that's the good thing to do, right? Like, eventually. Well, the way, the way it is now, Carly's just saying, I'm glad that's over. Yeah, yeah. Because she probably knew she could have got sued, and, and it was like, oh, that was a close one. And she's going to continue on doing it to other people. Yeah. But there's also nothing stopping her from coming back again. Right. Like, she could just send you a letter in two months just saying, yeah, you know, I was thinking uh, maybe you should take him in and have another checkup done. Yeah. But there's nothing stopping her from doing that. Fear, getting her ass kicked in court, will stop her from doing that. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of our protection by suing her or, or getting the letters out and getting it's It's protecting me and my family and other yeah. families. Yeah. Like, I... I don't like to sound like an asshole, but I'm always the kind of guy that says, who cares about teaching them a lesson? Who cares about everybody that comes after you? It's not your problem if they're doing this to other people. Mm -hmm. But sometimes you kind of got to send a message. Yeah. Like when it comes to cops running around giving everybody speeding tickets, I don't give a shit about that at all. But when it comes to people stealing people's kids and, people throwing 90-year-old ladies out of their house for property tax and when it's all fraud anyways, that's 
kind of where I draw the line. I think people should be taught a lesson when it comes down to this. Okay. I just want to make sure I'm still on your good books if we go ahead with this. <laughs> no, I, uh, no, I see another thing too is even if Carly was following the rules and if she was actually, quote, just doing her job, that's another thing. But she was told what she was doing was wrong. She had every opportunity to stop. And she went way over the top with her bullshit affidavit. Yeah. And she was willing to have people thrown in jail over this. And, like, really? And she even got uh, a woman from four hours away from the head office to come down for a week and har- harass Melanie at school. Yeah. Like, this yeah. Kim Burke is another actor or another. Yeah. yeah. So it, it's not just what she did. It's how she did it. She can't just say, oh, I was just doing my job. You went a little over the top breaking the rules to do this. Yeah. Like dragging judges and lawyers and stuff into this when she knew she had nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Like how is she just, is she just young? Yeah. I asked her if she had kids. She says no, but she's trying to have kids. Well, she has a kid from her whatever. Like she has a, not her own kid, but she's. I think she's with somebody, and that somebody has a kid. But I don't know how old they're. Probably one of those broken up families again. Because I asked her at the hospital. I said, "Yeah, do you have kids?" She says, "Well, not my own, but." Uh... <laughs> no, just one I steal from other people. <laughs> yeah. Full <laughs> <laughs> of them. Oh. Yeah, I got a few in the backyard, a couple live in the garage. <laughs> but I think she was shocked when the doctor said he's the healthiest two-year-old I've seen. Like her mouth just, I guess, dropped. Like she was not, I don't think she was happy with that news. Yeah, well, then she realized everything I did was, was wrong. Yeah, it was all bullshit. It was all, yeah. So, in other words, like, see, her whole attitude changed at a certain point anyways where she realized that, she like, she probably got a really good education, like, oh, my God, I thought I was doing what I was supposed to. And now all this is happening, and now the doctor's saying that I was wrong to begin with. There's absolutely no problem whatsoever, and I did all of this. Like, she might have been, it might have been going through her head, I could get sued over this. See, but when I was talking to her in jail there, I told her, because I, I kept, I, I wasn't planning on negotiating with her when, when I talked to her. I was just trying to repeat the whole thing Leo had told me, you know, like, okay, have I caused any uh, wrong, uh, harm, injury or loss to you? Okay, have I done that to somebody else? Like, who's the director? Have I caused harm, wrong, or, no, what is it, harm, injury, or loss to he or she? Oh, okay, that's not a man or a woman. Okay, well, and... Um, at some point, she was saying, no, 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 but that's not the point, that's not the point. And I said, okay, because right now I believe you're causing harm to me, my husband, and my property. <laughs> We're having an issue here. And then she she, she changed. I thought I thought she changed at that point. She was like, oh, well, no, but well, yeah, you are. You're causing harm to me right now. You're causing harm to my husband. And now my property is wondering where, I, where we are, and you're causing harm to my property. That's psychological trauma there. Like it's, and then she, she kind of changed her attitude, I guess. Yeah, so she uh, she's probably already done a lot of thinking. She's probably actually got a good education already, but... 
I don't know if she really feels bad about what she did now. She'll have no problem paying and settling the debt. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, you wanna you wanna admit that you did wrong? Okay, that's fine. Now settle, compensate for what you did, fix your mistake. Yeah. Which gets back to what we were just talking about. She has an opportunity to fix her mistake now. She knows she's done wrong. If she doesn't want to fix it, okay, well, we'll go to court then. That's what the court's for. Mm-hmm. So I decided in private, you didn't want to settle. You admitted that you did wrong. It's obvious that you did that you did wrong, and now you don't want to settle. You don't want to compensate. Yeah. Maybe she thought she was just doing her job, and she realizes she made a mistake. Okay, fine. You didn't do anything wrong. It was just a mistake. But now you know it was a mistake. Fix it. Mm-hmm. Or you are in dishonor now. Yeah. If you fail to compensate, that is the wrong. No, makes sense. Are you okay if I still email you um, um, letters that I plan on sending to Carly so you can just kind of read them quickly before I send them off? Or? Yep. Oh, okay. Because I'll, I'll, I'll write up letters to the uh, to Rick and Carly and whoever I'm thinking of sending it, and I'll, I'll just email you the copy, and then you can say uh, yay and nay or change this or whatever. All right. We'll do it that way. Okay, thanks a lot, Mike. Yeah, no problem. You're, uh, right, you're a godsend. No kidding. <laughs> <laughs> and we, uh, I don't know, but Leo was supposed to have emailed you pictures of our three properties there uh, not too long ago. Uh, I'm really behind in emails, but I'll go back and look. I think I opened one of them. So okay. they, they did. <laughs> It was it was like a Christmas card or something. Yeah, it was like the well, no, not the Christmas card. I put it on Skype, but I don't. I don't you're not on Skype, you? No. Yeah, so I bit off saw it, but um, I think no, the pictures. There was pictures after the whole thing. We were out of jail. Everything was cool. <laughs> we finally put our Christmas tree up. It was just a happy moment. I took a photo and emailed it. So. Yeah, it's funny now. You guys are both gone to jail together. You guys should get tattoos now together. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, it, it it actually increased our uh, I don't know if it's confidence or um, what do you call it like being thrown in jail for something you believe in and then and then it working out it kind of brings uh, I don't know if confidence is the right word but brings uh, clarity to the whole thing right Yeah. Like I've done no wrong and I was put in jail and that kind of thing so I don't know I don't have the right word but. I think yeah, it, I think it's kind of funny because it didn't quite work out the way you were expecting, and it didn't quite work out the way Carly was expecting either. Yeah. Yeah, because we were, we were, I wasn't planning on being thrown in jail, but you know. No, but at the same time, I had told Leo, I hope the fifteenth everything is over, and in the end, it was. <laughs> so it worked out pretty good. And now you both can walk around and say, yeah, I'm tough. I've been in jail. It's no big thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and uh, Melanie's parents in France, uh, I think they were a bit shocked to find out she had spent two days in jail because it, I don't think Melanie had ever planned her entire life 
No, I'm not the type to, you know, like party hard or things like that. Like, <laughs> like anything, nothing would have led to thinking I would ever end up in jail at some point. But yeah, I guess you never know. <laughs> yeah, I guess life you got to experience a bit of everything, eh? Yeah, well, <laughs> we've definitely been through a lot. <laughs> My gosh. <laughs> have, have you ever heard of the Libertarian Party, Mike? I've heard of them. Okay. Because uh, Melanie ran as a, as an MP in 2008 uh, for the for the Libertarian Party up here, and we were actually on the board of the of the uh, the uh, federal Libertarian Party. We were board on the board. I was telling him last night after all this shit, I should get involved again, and then he was saying, "Well, no, it's government," but I was saying, "Yeah, but it's based on common law." So <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. A criminal record for a politician is probably good on the resume. <laughs> Technically, <laughs> but since we were never charged or anything, but we were we spent time in jail. Like we were never fingerprinted. We were denied phone. We were denied legal documents. Yeah, we didn't have a criminal record. Is contempt a criminal record, or how does that work? Well, whether whether there's contempt or not, you caused no harm, loss, or injury. You had no contract. Right. They had right no authority to do any of that in the first place. It's false imprisonment. It's no different than I just go and kidnap the, the neighbor and throw him in my basement in a cage. Right, it's but false imprisonment. It's forcible confinement. It's involuntary servitude. Right, like but, see, even if you're even if you're driving down the road drunk, weaving all over the place, and a cop pulls you over, and he says you've been drinking. Yeah, I'm shit faced. And you blow in, you blow way over. They do blood tests. You can pass, yeah, hammered. They still can't take your car away from you. They have to get somebody else to take your car for you. They have to run you through court and have a judge or a jury say, yeah, you're guilty. Take take his car. Right. It's in the in the U.S. It's in their constitution and candidates and the Charter Rights and Freedoms. I don't know the exact wording, but it's something like. No citizen can be deprived of property without due process of law, which clearly means to go to court and have your fair trial. Yeah, we just yeah. So they can't they can't just if you murder somebody and they have good solid evidence like witnesses and everything that's different. Mm-hmm. If they have very good reason to believe that you're the guy that robbed the bank, you got the smoking gun or something, that's different. But they have to have a a, a lawful complaint. Like even if even if it's a statutory complaint, the idea is I run down to the police station and I file a complaint, a sworn statement mm-hmm. under penalty of perjury, and I sign my name, I give my address. There's no secrets here. I'm making a public complaint or I'm making a public claim. Yeah. And so there there are no secrets. I give my name. That's what they call the original charging instrument. An actual man or woman put pen to paper and said somebody did me wrong. Right. That is a valid charging instrument. So now the cop does a little bit of research finds out that there's actually something to this. He takes my my complaint, my sworn statement, 
he takes it to a judge. A judge says, oh, yeah, you, you definitely got something here. Go pick them up. Yeah. And the judge will sign a lawful warrant based on a charging instrument of real harm, loss, or injury, of, of a real wrong. Yeah. Would they have evidence to back it up? They have reason to believe that this is going to be a solid case and I'm the guy, I'm going to get convicted of this. So now the judge will attach a bond or his insurance policy saying, if I'm wrong, I'm insured for this. Uh, my mistake is covered. If he doesn't have a warrant or if he doesn't have a bond or if he doesn't have insurance to protect him, it comes out of his own pocket. Oh, okay. So this judge is going to pay one way or another if he's wrong, so he better be right. Because it's either coming out of his pocket when he gets sued or you're making a claim against his insurance. And then his insurance is going to go up and he's going to be out of a job because he's not going to be able to pay that insurance. Or they're going to say, screw you, you're getting sued and we're paying. We're not insuring you anymore. But then there's been a real harm, loss, or injury. There's been an actual real criminal complaint filed, sworn statement, the whole bit, a real plaintiff, a man or woman. And then there's a warrant by a judge and it's secured by a bond or insurance. Then they can come and pick me up. Mm-hmm. Or and whoever, it, yeah, and, and and as they're picking you up, you can say, "Oh, I I I I require to see the uh, the arrest warrant or the warrant for arrest or whatever, right?" Yes. And then that way, and, then that way, they'd have a paper saying it's signed, and you say, "Okay, and where's the bond that's attached to it?" Yes, and then you take the bond and you give it to a third party, somebody yeah. you trust, and they go and they check the numbers and make sure the bond is good. Yeah which is called securing the bond. Yeah. You get to inspect it and secure it. Make sure it's a valid bond. Send it to somebody. Because if you don't get a chance to secure it, give it to somebody else. They're going to say, yeah, here's the warrant. Here's the bond. Yeah. Or they're going to put you in handcuffs and take the warrant and bond away. Yeah, yeah. And then the bond's gone, yeah. Hmm. And they can't they can't give you a copy of the bond. It's got to be a real thing. They can't give you a copy of the check. Yeah. The bond is a check. The same thing I figured that out with uh, mortgages and everything else. Um, it has to be the original documents. Yeah. It, 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 there's a difference if it says pay to the order of or if it says pay the bearer on demand. One is pay, pay the bearer means anybody who has this gets paid. Yeah. Paid to the order of you gotta put a specific party in there. But oh, okay. but it's uh it's always gotta be the original. You can't have any copies. That's part mm-hmm. of the mortgage fraud is all the copies and digitized and everything else. That's where all the fraud occurs. Yeah, because they're they're selling copies and people are buying copies and then they think they're holding an actual uh an actual yeah, well, uh, death paper. Well, They're not part of the scam. Is is I make fifty copies and sell it to fifty people. Yeah. And now fifty people paid for one bond, mm-hmm. and I'm only paying them a percentage of the profit on those bonds. But they're all paying. I didn't put up a penny. I just put this bullshit bond out there, derivative or something that doesn't. Even, it it means nothing telling people if you pay for this piece of paper, you'll get money back from the piece of paper. Yeah. And they get everybody to throw their real cash at you. 
and you just give them a little bit of tiny bit of profit off this paper that actually didn't even exist in the first place. Well, it's like a Ponzi scheme. There's a whole pyramid, yeah. right? It totally is. And then what they're doing is they just have to get get money to keep coming in to be able to pay off Peter to pay Paul. You know, they steal from Peter to pay Paul, and then they just keep going and going, right? Yeah. But it's, yeah, it's just, the whole thing's a scheme, but whatever. It's, I don't know. Hmm. No, yeah, it all, makes sense, yeah. It's unbelievable how much bullshit I, I discovered in the uh, mortgage and foreclosure and bankruptcy crap. Absolutely ridiculous. And wasn't like I don't watch TV, but wasn't there a, a 60 minute or a W5 or something where they were saying there was places where people would just sit and sign? Doc, doc all, all, yeah, yeah, doc, whatever. And then, but those things they were signing, let's say Mike Miller. Mike Miller was yeah. the president, but they weren't even yeah. Mike Miller, right? Yeah, the, yeah, the thing is like. John Smith would go in there for eight hours a day and he would sign his name, Linda Green, Linda Green, and the right. president of his bank. And yeah, yeah the, I think he said he would sign up to 3,000 mm-hmm. uh, documents a day as president of six different banks in one day. Yeah. And there would be some chick that he never met sitting on the other side of the table and she would notarize all his documents. Yeah, um, and I I think the, I think it was in a day that Doc X place would pump out seven thousand fake mortgage documents a day. Mm-hmm. So that man who's signing the documents knows he's doing wrong. Obviously, he's signing somebody else's name. Yeah, you know, like, but like, they but they were they're just getting paid per signature. Yeah. Yeah, he said he thought it was kind of strange, but they were telling him that that's what the law is and that they were lawyers and everything he was doing was fine. He's like, okay. (laughs) But, yeah, there was a few other employees that worked there that came out and spoke about it, too. But check this out. The, um, okay, there's a federally governed bank called uh, IndyMac. And so Shay signs up and gets a construction line of credit with them. A bunch of shit happens. They breach the contract. They go out of business. And then a company called the Federal Deposit Insurance Company, FDIC. Yeah. They're just a government insurance company. Mm-hmm. Somehow, when, when IndyMac, the government-run bank, goes out of business, goes bankrupt. Um, FDIC, the government insurance company, takes seizes all the assets, receivership, whatever all that crap is, but takes over all the assets of the government bank mm-hmm. and sells the assets to recover the money. So they went bankrupt. IndyMac went bankrupt. They got paid insurance money so that that's already been paid. The insurance company gets all the assets and they sell it so they got their money back. And then a year later, this bankrupt, out-of-business bank president signs the note over to another bank, which is also affiliated with the FDIC. Yeah, so, like that. so, the re- so, so they sold it like three times. Like, yeah, like then, they made money three times on it. 
But then they start saying IndyMac Bank, who is a subsidiary subsidiary of One West Bank on behalf of FDIC servicer receiver for and then it just gets ridiculous. So they'll name like six parties in a row, but they don't actually show any documentation for any of it. They just say, oh, yeah, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And if you actually stop and break it into pieces, one party has no connection to the other. Yeah. Like it's not lawful what they're doing. There's no authorization. Like it's just complete fraud all around. You read one sentence and there's like six frauds within one sentence. Like, holy shit, can you guys ever prove any of what you just said? Yeah. And really, when, when Shea signed the documents for the original unsecured line of credit or whatever you want to call it, is her signature created that money out of yes. thin air. Like, her, it, it was her promise to pay that created that money, so that original bank was never out of money at the beginning, you know, in the, a sense. The, the, yeah, right. The bank never had a penny at any time. No. Shea went we went in, signed the mortgage, and the note. Yeah. So the note was was a memorialization of her promise, her word, her bond. That's, and that's what the, the value. Yeah, that's the value. Yeah. And then, and then, the deed of trust or the mortgage mm-hmm. is a separate document where you actually pledge one of your assets. Mm-hmm. If I don't pay, according to my promise, my I do problem. have property yeah. that. Yeah, you could get a judgment or a lien against my property. It doesn't mean they own part of the property. Yeah. It doesn't mean they own an interest in the property. It means that there's property there that you could get a lien or a judgment against. Yeah. But But for her it was unsecured, you said. Like there was yes. no deed. So there's no collateral. Yes. So, so nothing. <laughs> they just yes. have a signature. So they send they make a bunch of copies of this. They send it away to the Federal Reserve. The Federal Reserve gives them credits times nine. Mm-hmm. So now instead of like say just say it was a hundred thousand dollar loan, they would now get the hundred thousand dollar credits for her, plus nine thousand nine hundred thousand more fract- that's fractional reserve banking that they can lend out to other people. Yeah. So they've been paid. Ten times. Oh yeah, like from from your signature, they're they're already ten times ahead. Yeah. Yeah, and then they can then they can start selling the bonds. They can separate the note from. They can do all kinds of illegal shit in the background. Yeah, and they call it. So, uh, I I I think they call it tra- tranching or tranching. That's when they tra- kind of yeah they, tra- they, tra- yeah tra- yeah, so they're splitting up. Let's see, it's one mortgage, but they'll split it up ten ways and sell one tenth of the mortgage to, to ten different people. Yeah, or thirty, or whatever. Yeah, whatever the yeah. Yeah, tr- tranches are separate classes of investments. Like yeah. for example, maybe you want guaranteed money over a long period of time, but you want to make sure it's guaranteed. It's not a lot. It's not. It's it's not short term. You got to wait, but it's guaranteed. Mm-hmm. Or you might be the kind of guy that says, I want as much as I can right away and be done in five years. Yeah. Or you might have somebody else that says, okay, I want to make big money and I'm ready to take the risk. Let's just give her, I'm a daredevil. Mm-hmm. So there's different classes of investment. 
but they'll take bits and pieces, like they'll sell the right to future payments to me, and they'll sell the right to enforce foreclose or whatever to somebody else, and they'll kind of sell different bits and pieces. But the note and the deed are supposed to always be together. Yeah. But that's what they call bifurcating it. But they'll yeah. mix and match. they'll chop up the your loan. And then they'll mix and match it with other bits and pieces of other chopped up loans. Yeah. And they'll put it together. They'll call it a bundle. Yeah. Or a, a pooled security agreement or whatever. And then they'll just start selling it. And that's why they created that MERS system. It's just a database. Yeah. It just records fake transfers. That's all it is. It's an inner office way of, of recording their fake transfers. Yeah. And, and one of the reasons they do that, they say they, they reduce the risk of default because you're, you, you're, now you're holding 50 pieces of 50 different mortgages. So the, 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 the probability of all 50 mortgages failing is very low. So your, your, your risk of failure default is low. So then you can sell it at a, at a higher premium and it's more guaranteed. But it's it's but, all it's, it's it's all made up. Like that's a date. That's how they sell it. But it's all made up. But it's a little worse than that. You're, what you're saying is correct. But it's worse than that because I go in for a loan, and they know that I can't afford a two hundred thousand dollar house. Yeah. I'm only going in there asking for a hundred thousand dollar house, and then they're either going to tell me that my credit score is low, which might be a lie, but they'll they'll say that so they can drop me down to a subprime lending rate, yeah. which basically means I pay a lot more, but I pay a little bit at a time over a longer period, and I end up paying t- twice as much as a regular loan that I would have qualified for. Or I go in there for a $100,000 loan, and they tell me, oh, the market's great. You don't settle for that. You can get a $200,000 loan. In three, four years, your property value is going to double and you'll actually make money. Then you can cash that in as equity and you can get a bigger house. Mm-hmm. And they know it's going to fail, but they're getting a commission. Yeah. And the banks know it's going to fail, but they're going to get insurance money and they're going to be able to sell it. Yeah. And, and, and plus, they make 10 times the money up front. They're able to sell it. Like they're, they're covering their butts 10 different ways. In a and then, yeah. And, and then. Since everybody caught them on the fraud, everything collapsed because it was all based on fake paper. The government said, oh, we're going to give you billions of dollars to pay back some of the victim homeowners and, and the victims money, got nothing. And money to start um, refinancing, loan modification. Yeah. So they started telling people, oh, you can do a loan modification. The people apply and they're like, okay, well, don't make your payment because we're modifying your payments. You can't do two payments at once. Mm-hmm. And what they did was they called it a dual track. What they did, they, The right hand is foreclosing mm-hmm. while the left hand is saying don't pay because we're remodifying. Yeah. And they, they would even say to people, you have to be three months in default before you can qualify. So miss the first three payments, then you'll qualify, and then we'll have it refinance. And then as soon as you miss the three months, they immediately foreclose. foreclose Or they'll say, yeah, send us all these documents. You send them, and they're like, oh, you're missing a couple more. You send a couple more, then you're like, oh, we lost the whole file. Send them all again. 
and by that time you're three months in default and they just forced you you just forced yourself into foreclosure. Yeah, because you're trying to play their game and then they screw you. Like they're yeah. It, it's yeah, it's a made up game. Like they're <laughs> Yeah, it's just ridiculous. Yeah, it's so fraudulent it's crazy, yeah. Uh, Mike, I just want to say I'm I'm gonna go because I think my daughter is awake. <laughs> okay, yeah. I'll go I'll go check on the kids. But thanks for your help. Yeah, no problem. Okay, bye. Bye. But yeah, I've uh, I I've been figuring out so much crap in the last few days. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I had uh, I knew a lot about the finance and how corrupt it was, and like you, you you've always said pay what you can afford or, you know, like don't go into default because if you go into default, you're screwed, right? Like be honorable yeah. in your paying. And, yeah. uh, you know, I've always paid all my debts and I, you know, I've been lucky that I've, I've never been in default in any debt, but yeah, it's, you know, you hear horror stories like that, eh? Yeah. It's, um, I guess funny is not the word, but it's kind of funny how many people I've talked to where, Everything was completely fine. Mm-hmm. They felt they were getting screwed, but there was no problem yet and until they, they stopped paying. They and the second they stopped paying, the sky quite caved in. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of instead of let's say it is fraudulent and whatever, you just keep paying, and then you start writing your letters, and you know, yep. you you keep yep. paying, but then you you get them to admit that it's fraudulent or or, or whatever you want to do. But don't stop paying and then write the letters because now you're in default. So you're in yeah, the that's, that's what's referred to as a good faith payment. Like you, that's what escrow. One of the reasons escrow accounts are good is if, um, say, say we have a contract. I'm going to come to your house. I'm going to paint your fence. You're going to give me five hundred dollars. It's a fucking huge fence. Mm-hmm. And then so I paint the fence. All of a sudden, you decide you don't like the color. You're not going to pay me. You, there's a good chance you're going to lose because you're in dishonor. Okay, uh, I painted the fence. Yes. Did you pay me? No. You breached the contract. That's right, yeah. The fact that you don't like the color is a contract dispute, so you can't just get a free fence because you don't like the color. We're going to have to come to some kind of an agreement. So if you keep, if you say, okay, well, I've already given you 200 bucks for the paint, you did do the job. You didn't do it right. I'll put, I'll put another two hundred dollars in escrow, and there'll be a hundred dollars just floating around. Who knows who will get that? Yeah. But at least in, in good faith, I'm gonna put, I'm gonna put all, I'm gonna put, I don't know the four of the five fifths in there or whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna make, there's gonna be two two fifths of the payment available to you upon our decision. Yeah. But at least I'm putting some kind of a good faith payment. Okay, there's money available to you if you can prove this. Yeah. But just to say I'm not paying it until you prove it, that just shows that you're in dishonor and that you're you're the one that's not willing to cooperate. You're the one that's willing to go into court. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, because I've heard on your on your talk show and other talk shows where people like like you say, they stop paying and that's when the shit hits the fan.
Your call has been forwarded to Public Mobile Voice Messaging Center. Yeah, yeah, we got disconnected or something there. Yeah, was it two hours? My phone shuts off after two hours. Oh, it off. could be. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's two hours and 20 minutes or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but it was a pleasure talking with you, and I hope we have other discussions about Shay and whatever. But I, uh, yeah, I think, uh, like, we're in total agreement by not being in default in any situation. Yeah. Like, not just the money, but, I mean, anything else, right? Letters yeah. or whatever. Especially when people feel like they're getting screwed around or whatever, it's hard for people to realize that, uh, I don't know, it's kind of, it depends on what you're doing and how you're acting too, but honor is a big thing in the courts. If you're caught red-handed in dishonor, it's bad. Yeah. Like, even with the lawyers, like, if you can prove that a lawyer committed serious fraud, it looks bad on the rest of the lawyers and the lawyers get pissed. Right, yeah, exactly. Like, that's the thing. If you're a lawyer, you can't be dishonorable. You're going to have to find another code or statute to justify what you did. Yeah. Yeah, and the so, funny, yeah, and the funny thing is when, uh, you know, when I got my notices actually filed after, you know, two, three hours of that second court there, they, I finally got them to file them. The the lawyer, Jeff, he says, oh, it's the first time he had ever seen these these notices. Like, he had never seen them, supposedly. So, it sounds like he was lying, but I don't know. Yeah, like, he might have been lying. He might have been telling the truth. If he saw them before, he, it might have made a difference. It might not have. Who knows? Yeah, I know. But there's a lot of things, like, it's it's hard to prove shit like that, but it's, they seem to be in dishonor in, in those courts, right? Because I have tracking numbers, I have whatever, so it's just yeah. Anyhow, but I'll, like uh, like uh, like you said, I'll focus on the simple untruths and provable untruths. Yeah. Well, I'll let you go after two hours of chit chatting. We'll uh, I'll, I'll send you some emails on the on the letters I'm writing up there. Yeah. Another thing is. Yeah. Um, like, just start getting all the letters, like, print out all the emails. To put, Just get all the letters, all the orders, all the emails, every kind of document you can think of. Um, and just start reading your documents over and just start familiarizing yourself as you get more documents. Just um, know the file inside out. Yeah. But start a whole bunch of different lists. Like one, just a list of, just have like a, have a binder or something and like have a list of every document that's in there. Right. And then like start writing a summary of everything that happened on first time. First thing that happened was we went to the doctor. Second thing that happened was we got a letter from CPS where have it in chronological order, like the order everything happened, have it dated. If you say, on this day, Carly sent me a letter, right? then 
Yeah, have the letter there and maybe notes with it, like anything that pertains to that letter. Like maybe if you have a copy, a photocopy of the envelope or a tracking number or something, but just start laying everything out mm-hmm. exactly in the order it happened, all your little side notes, and then have like a separate list where maybe causes of action, like reasons to sue over. And then just write, oh, oh, when she did this, that was against the law. And just write down a list of things you could sue about. Right. And then have another list um, documents that you still need to get. And then you can have like a list. I need the case file, CPS. I need the case file, courthouse. I need CPS, other office. I need the case file from the other courthouse. I need uh, the police report. I need, And just all the documents that you still got to get. Right. And then have maybe another list of letters you have to send, like maybe a list of people you have to send letters to with notes, what kind of questions you need to ask them. And then write another list of, I don't know, something else. Just keep writing separate lists. Mm-hmm. That way every once in a while you can, you can read all your lists in a row and say, okay, yeah, I should do this next. Oh, I got to do this before a certain date. Yeah. Maybe have another uh, another list. Once you get all your other lists get together, have one list where you're putting everything in order. This is very important. This is very important. This has to be done right away. This has to be done right away. And then kind of prioritize things and just get a good picture of everything all straight in your head. Yeah, yeah. No, that makes sense, yeah. Just to make sure. Yeah, if, yeah, if you get a if you get a clear detailed list of everything, yeah. kind of separate it'll help you separate the issues too. Mm-hmm. These are the actors involved, these are the wrongs they did, this is why it's wrong, here's the evidence of why they did it was wrong, here's the proof of the damage, here's the bill. Any kind of photos, descriptions, whatever, police reports. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I know. It's like a whole job by itself, just this whole... Uh... <laughs> but you'll notice when you start going through the documents and you start learning things, going through the documents again, and you start making little connections, holy crap, I never noticed this before. Yeah. Oh, that's why they did this, because they did this and this, and they had to cover up this. Oh, I see what's going on. That's when you start putting all the pieces together. Things start mm-hmm. jumping up. Yeah. Keep your eye out for strange words too, words that don't seem to fit, okay. which I get it's hard in legalese, but like sometimes they'll be talking about a fine and they won't say that you were found guilty. They'll say that you were found responsible. Oh, okay. Or they'll say we didn't we didn't give you a fine, we we imposed an assessment. That's a funny way of saying a tax, a right. fine. That's right, yeah. But every once in a while, you'll see that there's, it's not, it's the old thing where it's not always what they say, it's what they're not saying. Because mm-hmm. if you see a funny word, it, or a word that just seems a little bit out of place, why did they not use the obvious word? Oh, because they can't prove the obvious word, so they have to use a different word to make it vague. Right. So. And if you don't catch it or whatever, yeah. Yeah. But it's funny, you can you can read the first order that you ever get, 
and it'll scare the living shit out of you. And then you read that same order two years later and you laugh your ass off. Holy crap, I can't believe that actually scared me two years ago. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. I was only given one order, I guess. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah, but if you read that order in two years from now, you're going to laugh your head off. Holy exactly. crap, I, can't I got so excited over this. This is just funny. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. No, I'm going to be uh, getting this shit done anyhow. Thing is, it's, it's it just happened, so it's fresh in my mind, so it's a perfect time to do it. Yeah. Because I know exactly, you know, in two weeks from now, I won't be as fresh or that type of thing, right? Like for the notes and for the everything else. Yep. Well, it was a yeah. pleasure. Yeah, go ahead. It, it's just like um, if you were actually sitting at the kitchen table putting a puzzle together, you get the box out, you look at the box, so you got a, the picture, and then you lay the pieces out where you can see them, and you start putting the pieces in the right order, and you start seeing the bigger picture. The bigger, and Actually, eventually, you'll be able to see the puzzle coming together. Mm-hmm. So that's my theory behind getting all your documents in order and all your exhibits and everything else and start putting the puzzle pieces together. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's uh but that'll help you familiarize yourself too. If somebody says something, you'll be quick and say, no, no, no. I sent you that notice on such and such a date. Yeah. We'll say, well, what about this? Yeah. Well, I told you to prove that on such and such a date and you failed. Mm-hmm. And it won't be a big confusing thing. You'll be quick. You'll know it all. Yeah. No, it makes sense. Yeah. I've already started like a binder with all my documents and and stuff, and putting it in chronological order. And I have an Excel sheet with with everything that happened and you know by date. So all I have to yeah. do is is is, but now I have to split them up to see, like you say, you know, documents to get orders and. And, uh, so that, that's what I was saying to Shay. Like, I can't believe I had to tell her, like, uh, a week ago or something, go out and buy a fucking scanner. Like, this is ridiculous. Like, every day you send me, like, 12 emails, 12 text messages of these shitty-ass photos of documents in bad light. <laughs> like, you're wasting... Like, I, I got a million emails from you, and I can't read a single one of them. Like, go get yourself a freaking scanner. Yeah. Scan every document in the comfort of your own home and put right. them all on computer, digital copies. You can arrange, organize your files however you want. But, yeah, I told her, I said, start printing out one of everything and put a, get a complete copy of everything with exhibits and everything all in one huge file. And then make a separate folder and just put orders and judgments in that one folder. Mm-hmm. So it's very quick and easy. You got all the orders are right there. Yeah. Nice. And then make another folder of just the notices you sent. Yeah. Or just make it easy where you can just go to this folder, this folder, or this folder. Like all your letters, all your notices, all this. You know, like, yeah. Like have one, like you say, all complete, but then you have six other piles. That are all separate, yeah. Yeah. In chronological order, and 
because I have transcripts, I have recorded telephone calls. Those all have to be, you know, in there. Yeah. Hmm. But see, it'd be just think how super handy it'd be. Like I'm, I should be talking about this because I'm the worst. I don't have any computer skills, and I'm so disorganized. But think about how good it would be if. Uh, if you were thinking, if you were hearing Carl say something, you're like, holy shit, that happened in my case. Yeah. Oh, well, when was that? Oh, that was in March. Uh, you go on the computer, you look March, open it up. Okay, there was an order made, there was a hearing on this date, there was a motion. And then you could just like go click on something and you would have the motion, the order, the audio recording and the transcript of the audio recording all in one file. Yeah, like ready to go. Yeah. Then, yeah, you could just look it up. You could listen to it. You could copy it and send it to somebody. Anything you want, it's right there. Yeah. Yeah, because I think a lot of this is if a person's organized, then then you can really, uh, um, you know, it's, it's easier to win or it's easier to show that you do have... Uh, not proof, but like you're organized. You're not like flipping through papers, say, I have this, I have that, or whatever, right? Yeah, you're not scrambling or anything. Yeah, yeah. Like somebody somebody says something stupid, and you can just say right away, what, did you not see page 7? Yeah. Or how about, how, about, how about you look at exhibit B, Bob? We already went through that. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I find it weird, but... I find it weird how my situation happened, or I mean, like how I got resolved and how I ended up in jail. They obviously had jurisdiction over me somehow, or they just whatever. Well, it's not that they had it; they just ignored it. Well, yeah, they ignored it because they, had, yeah, they had, like you, yeah, I know. That's what I find weird that how how they can imprison the man when they when they didn't. Like, yeah, but that, I mean, at a certain point. Like, didn't it seem like everybody's attitude changed? Oh, yeah. Like, as soon as it got the... Yeah, it, it changed, but it's like the wheel was moving and they had to keep moving forward. Yeah. But at, at a certain point, the light bulb came on. <clears throat> Somebody actually figured out what was going on and said, holy shit, we have a problem now. Yeah. And the judge's attitude changed. Carly's attitude changed. Yeah, because the judge left the room. He took a 20-minute recess when, when those notices, like when I finally was able to put in those notices, like it took me whatever, but I finally was able to put all eight notices in. He took a 20-minute recess. He came back, and he, he said the word respect to me three times in a row. He says he, he said, I respect, and he goes, I, uh, I respect, and he says respect like a, a third time. And he was looking at me like straight in the eye, and you could tell like, but then somehow, I don't know, I should have said, well, fucking take these chains off if you respect me. But, you know, I, I, I missed something at that point. Like in yeah. my mind, he was giving me an opportunity and somehow it, it slipped. Like I was in chains and I was, uh, I was arrested in court, but then, he, you know, that's something, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I- Maybe maybe you could have said something like, well, that's good that you respect me, you respect my notices. Now that we're speaking man-to-man, take these fucking chains off me. Yeah, at, at some point in my mind, I remember 
trying to come up with something to say like that, but I, you know, it, it didn't, it didn't, it wasn't there. So, but I think at that point he would have probably removed the chains. But then it just kept moving and moving, you know, type of thing. It's like a big wheel turning. Even if he, even if he thinks he's losing, and he's got to give in, he's still going to test you every step of the way, find yeah. a way out of it. Yeah. Yeah, I know. And that's, yeah. Well, hopefully next time, well, hopefully there's no next time, but if there is a next time. <laughs> I'll well, there'll be a next time. There'll be a next time, just hopefully something not as serious, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, it was a pleasure, Mike. I'll leave you go, and uh, and uh, I'll send you out some emails and stuff like that. All have right. A good, have a good night and uh, Merry Christmas, there. Take care. Yeah, you too. Thanks. Okay. Bye bye. Bye. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.